Broads, there's never a good time to feel nauseous, but is it just me or does it seem to come on at the absolute worst times, like when I'm fighting uh, for my life the day after a few too many drinks or when I'm trying to send emails on my phone in the car? Like, come on. Oh, that happened to me the other day. I wish I had relief band. I was literally on the freeway about to vomit. The worst. (laughs) Okay, that's why you have to keep relief band on you at all times. I should just have one in the car at this point. It's the only over-the-counter wearable device that's clinically proven to treat nausea and vomiting quickly. And relief band has come in handy for me so many times. I just wish it was in my cup holder ready to go the other day. Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of year. Right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Chatty Broads listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Chatty, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code Chatty for 20% off plus free shipping. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. I had this big uh, life shift that uh, I'm still trying to really extrapolate out because there's so much in it. But, you know, I've been in show business for like 30 years and I've been in TV for most of it. And then when I quit doing Antiques Roadshow and I would do other side gigs and stuff, the same process. I'd come back home and the first thing when I come home is worry and desperation and fear. Where's the next gig coming? And the delusion that I was still working in TV. Mm. Right. And now I'm exploring in my life the gap where we live between um, what is and what we wish things were. Okay, guys. Welcome. <laughs> we're here with <laughs> We are in. We are in. Is it Oh, man. We have already been we have been with our guest right now for the past 20 minutes and we have already covered like 17 topics. We are so excited because apparently not as excited as me. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Our biggest fan. Let me tell you something, Mark Wahlberg. Yes, ma'am. I have the intention of bringing you here today to ask you to formally adopt me. So that was <laughs> like, Done. To be will her you father. let me Done. become part of your family? And by the way, you would be the only adoptee that my kids would be grateful to have in the family. <laughs> like you, you up our quotient. <laughs> well, I, the broads know we have talked quite frequently about you on the show. Mark Wahlberg, Temptation Island. You know how we feel about it. In our opinion, best host ever. Mm. No questions asked. And you agreed to come on the show and we were so excited. I may cry already. (laughs) (laughs) I really just needed this for catharsis. I just needed to be with you and just let it rip and feel better. So uh, thank you. Can you host our show for this episode? Uh, I really, um, I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) I'm just here to be of service. (laughs) Okay, my first question for you is, how good of a host of The Bachelor do you think you would be? Because you know that we, that would be our dream scenario is you know, to have when you the host. All the shit went down mm-hmm. and uh-huh. continues to go yes. down. Uh, I, you know, obviously both of my followers are all over my Instagram <laughs> sending me messages saying you should be the host of The Bachelor. Yeah. And it's, it's a double-edged sword. Some of it is like you guys, which is really beautiful. And some of it is like, he looks just like Chris Harrison. So just do it. Nobody will notice. Right. Like that sure, hurts sure, me. Sure. Um, <laughs> Although You're it's like, so true. Um, and here's what I... T- I'm good where I am. Yeah. And and for a couple reasons. One, um, 
my show, which looks toxic, toxic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Can I say? Oh, upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm full grown. I can say what I want. <laughs> um, is really like I keep telling people, my show looks like porn and feels like Oprah. Uh. Right. And whether it is toxic or a train wreck or whatever, I know who I am in it. I know what my intention is in it. And I'm really grateful that nobody's discovered that you're giving me free reign and you're just letting me do my shit. Uh Right. And I don't know that there's a role for me to do that on a show like The Bachelor. And The Bachelor is wonderful for the people who love The Bachelor, including all the women in my life. Mm -hmm. And I love The Bachelor people. But, you know, I don't know if that's my my jam. Yeah, it's like Although they would they have offer to. offer me a shit ton of money, I'd probably just. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, you mean I can have a house? The show's going to go house? on anyway, yeah, okay, so whatever. you know, might as well be a part of it. But, but they but would truly, have to. I don't even know if that's the case mm. because I really, really um, realize how unique and really not even logical that I've got this job at my age where I'm talking to really young people about the challenges of young life from my perspective and they're. They're buying what I'm selling a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it goes back to this whole epiphany I had that just my head exploded and and about intention and not so much about plan and it's more about being and 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 when you're when you're being an intention, um, everything shows up for you. So the plan reveals itself as joyful things to do, not this plan to a destination I picked. Right. And I mean, I'm am I getting too heady? No. A heady? Um, so I realized that while Temptation Island may not have been the show I would have come back to, and I had a story about how it may have wrecked my career in the past or whatever, um, what it is now is this really connection for me to this audience that I really cherish. Yeah. Do you have a lot of, uh, creative license hosting that show? It sounds like from what you're saying that you do in a way. It has become... The most joyful experience of my career. That's so cool. And the more I stay in what I'm talking about, like the acceptance and the accepting what is as opposed to what I wish things were, the more I find myself surrounded by people with that like mindset that support it. And so, um, you know, it doesn't look like what I thought I'd be doing. I thought it would look like a Dr. Philly kind of something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know that that was my voice. I didn't even know it was going to be about talking about the real stuff. I thought I was going to just cheese ball host it, right? Okay, so you didn't think you were going to go there. I came out doing what I thought the job was. When I started in reality TV, there wasn't reality TV, right? Then I went into a time capsule and reality TV became a whole thing. And then I show up on the set with pros in the field who have an expectation of what talent's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing me. And they were like, I've never seen anybody do this, Mm -hmm. right? And then season two... I tried to be the good boy and just do what the producers, what I thought the producers want. And I got yelled at right off the bat. They're like, what are you doing? Do your thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm hosting. Remember when you yell at me and says, don't produce to host? I'm hosting. And they said, well, we need you to do you. <laughs> and I kind of lost actually, my Actually, we shit. need you to produce after all. <laughs> what was that? I said, actually, we need you to produce after all. That's yeah. kind of what it well, ended what up being. what they basically said was let it rip. And I said, okay, well, then, you know, I have an earpiece. And it's really more about in between the breaks sure. saying, okay, here's where we're going, whatever. But occasionally I miss a question. They'll feed it. And, and I said, so, okay, this is the former executive producer. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do me. But if it's too many words, I don't want you in my ear saying move on. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to 
fucking edit it right, right. Yeah. because I'm in it. I'm not paying attention. This is not a script for me. This is I'm right. you're in your I'm, flow. I'm doing my empath thing. I feel mm-hmm. you. And we're having a conversation. And I don't even remember what we say. You're going to have to cut it down and decide how much of me you want. And quite frankly, from my seat, the less of me, the better. But they were like, go. New executive producer who had worked under him, who took over, who I will take a bullet for, Trafari, who's just such an enlightened, beautiful soul of a woman. Um, we don't even really brief anymore. I know she's wow. there. She's got my back. And I know what's going on because I'm not checking out. But when we sit down and have the conversation, that I don't have an agenda. I haven't looked at the clips. I'm not trying to lead the story somewhere that's juicy. I'm really about, okay, where are you right now? Let's watch this together, which is really unhealthy and painful. But then let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And having that support and the freedom to do it is something you don't get in show business ever in TV. And I have it. And I, I always try to make a point to let them know that I'm incredibly grateful and nor do I diminish what is being given to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't take it lightly. That's why I'm really, really attached to all the contestants and am friends or maybe not friends, but I have a relationship with like 80 percent of them, including the singles. Like I'm constantly obnoxiously dadding it. Okay, let's (laughs) let's give for the listeners. Let's break down the format of the show for people who don't watch and to give a little to get a little background before we dive into more of that. So. And you can probably explain the format of the show best, but I'll say it simply and then you can clarify. But like from watching the last season, you've got couples on who want to test their relationship, I guess, see how strong it is, if they're going to if they're going to make it or not. They go, they're separated on this island and then there's a bunch of singles. It's male actually sing- an island, by the Is way. Is it really an island? It's, it's an island. It's Maui. It's oh, okay. An island. I, thought, I thought it was in Hawaii. I wasn't yeah. sure. So then there's a bunch of single women on the men's side, a bunch of single men on the women's side. And how many weeks do you guys film? All together, it's like maybe 35 days. Oh, okay. Like that. So, okay. That's pretty long. That's a good Which long amount of time I always to describe to people, if you ever went to sleepaway camp, yeah. that a day is a month in relationship yeah, totally. time. You know, it's not like you call somebody up and go on a date Friday and then you talk to them Wednesday and you go on a date Saturday and, right. and six months you've had 12 interactions. Mm-hmm. You know, this is all day, every day with no other distractions. Way so. more than The Bachelor, actually, because like on The I'm Bachelor, sure, you know, but... you maybe get uh, a total one-on-one time, probably less than 48 hours with the person that you're dating because they're dating yeah. so many other people. Yeah. Um but so these people are living together yeah. for yes. a whole month, separated from their partner. And then every week they get the partner gets to see a clip of the other partner. Yeah, it's, yeah? it's, it's not every week in real time, but it's well, every right, week in every episodes. Every episode, but, yeah. So pretty, pretty good, by okay. the way. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> nice. Okay, um, nice. Good yes, four <laughs> couples that we say are at a crossroads in their relationship. They've been in a long-term dating relationships, but aren't sure they want to go forward. They're, there's something that's got them stopped. Mm-hmm. And they agree to do this, which is to give each other... I'm using all of their verbiage. Yeah. Uh, the permission to be single again mm-hmm. and run that out. And then at the end, they decide if they're going to stay together or leave with somebody else or leave alone. And what I love most about the show is, as opposed to every reality show that's come since, there's no prize. There's right. no other agenda except for your journey, which to make that watchable. Well, actually, you don't have to do anything to make that watchable. That's all we want to watch. Mm-hmm. But there are really very little format you know 
games right, or right. contrivances. You don't have to. Right. There's little know? parties and whatnot, but it's just people. Well, yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, when they have like a, you know, anything but clothes party, of course, somebody suggested that. Right. And yeah. all the duct tape <laughs> was there. And right. It's like, oh, oh, oh so we're we're in togas. Where do they come from? Yeah. Like, all yeah. of that obviously forced right down their throats. But um, but the talk, see, so I stay in my world. Yeah. I don't see any of the of the drama. So you're really only seeing the clips with them, and that's pretty much well, it. Well, that's my choice. Yeah. So first of all, I don't oh. see them living all day long. Like, I'm not watching from a booth. I get a hot sheet every day of where we think things are going. I think that's important to know what's going sure. on. But that's their world. And so <coughs> Bless you. bonfires are my world. I do date selections and other stuff, which I, I dig. I love the chance to hang out a little bit because I get to feel them, which is important to me. But um, let me just be clear when I say feel them. <laughs> Hands I off. I don't. There's no touching. I'm emotionally. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but the bonfires. I I say to the crew when we start. I'm like, guys. I know we're doing TV. I know all of you, and you're all top game. But let's keep things quiet. There's a vibe here. It's mm-hmm. a very vulnerable thing. Even if they're pretending, and I might be the most gullible one. They may be just, you know, fronting for TV. Yeah. But I'm like, this is real for me. So let's you know we're quiet protect this vibe and everybody's down and so when we do these bonfires i choose not to look at the clips ahead of time because i don't want to indicate mm-hmm. and i don't want to set it up like oh you know you feeling really good about this well watch this shit right right you know and i also think that looking at the clips is really painful yeah not for what is in the clip although sometimes but but really this is indicative of how we are when we're all wrapped into our own head is that we project immediately on mm-hmm. something out of context, everything in our heart that feels broken. And that's what I help to help navigate just by virtue of the fact that I'm older and I've fucked up more than they've tried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay, Broad's interrupting our amazing convo with the Mark Wahlberg, the only one that we recognize. Um, <laughs> here's a very not hot take for you all. Something as necessary as birth control should not be as difficult to, to get as it is. Uh, not everyone has access or time to go to a doctor every time they want to or get uh, or change their birth control. And thanks to the Pill Club, you don't have to anymore. The Pill Club carries over 120 FDA approved brands. It ships to all 50 states and most brands of birth control are free with insurance or Medicaid. Otherwise, prices start as low as $7 per month without insurance. And once you've settled on the brand that's right for you, the the Pill Club delivers your birth control right to your door for free in discreet packaging along with self-care gifts. Ugh, all you need is five minutes. No, seriously, just five minutes is all it takes to sign up for your birth control delivery. No more office visits, uh, no more waiting rooms, no more lines at the pharmacy. Just five minutes and you're done. And if you ever do want to talk with someone, the Pill Club's licensed medical team is just a text away and ready to chat all things reproductive health. Right now, when you go to thepillclub.com slash chatty, the Pill Club is offering a $10 donation to bedsider.org for every Chatty Broads listener who becomes a patient. So that donation will help low-income individuals get access to birth control through bedsider.org. It's pretty cool. So go to thepillclub.com dot com slash chatty that's when you'll get your first birth control care package and at the same time they'll donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control so remember go to the pill club.com slash chatty and you have to use that link in order for the donation to be made 
Uh, I am one of those people that require a whole lot of variety in life. Otherwise, I'm out. Variety is the spice of life after all. But the one area that is especially that this especially applies to is in fitness. If you're one of those people that can do the same workout class uh, with the same instructor every single day, I love that for you. But that is not the way that I can roll. I need to keep things fresh if I want to stay motivated, which is why I've been loving Peloton. If you only think of the bike when you think of Peloton, boy, do we have news for you. The Peloton app is where it is at, baby. I love it. Whatever kind of workout you're into and even the ones you don't know you're into yet, Peloton has ready to go from boxing to guided running. I love the guided running to yoga to bar. So many more styles of classes. They have like little arm weight classes that are only five minutes. So you've you've got no excuse, you know, um, There's always something new and different to check out. And the instructors are really, really good. As cliche as it sounds, you forget you're working out. The time goes by so fast. They are the best instructors on pretty much any fitness app I've ever been on. I'm obsessed. The time goes by fast. I'm always feeling it the next day, though, which is it's the best of both worlds. The thing I love the most about the Peloton app is that it is that it seriously fits into your schedule. If you've only got 15 minutes, there are tons of classes that will kick your butt. Whoever said you need a lot of time to get a good workout in or maybe you have an hour but want to fit in two or three different type of workouts to keep things interesting. That's what's so great about Peloton. The options are truly endless. For a limited time, try the Peloton app for free for two months, then $12.99 a month after. New members only. So visit onepeloton.com slash app to hear more. That's two months free at O-N-E-P-E-L. O-T-O-N dot com and offer expires January 31st, 2022. Terms apply. I think what's really interesting and I would love to kind of segue this into what we're going to we're going to have you therapize our audience today. So people sent in we actually particularly questions about cheating and relating to their relationships and all that. So I think that'll be really interesting. But to kind of go in that direction, one thing I find really interesting watching the show is how people say they come in with rules or no rules, but oftentimes if there are rules, they are vague. And if there are no rules, usually one or both people do have rules in their head that they're still expecting the other person to follow. And it's very dramatic because it's for reality TV, but it also seems to mirror real life stuff a lot too, where there's a lot of assumptions that, okay, we're on the same page, even though there hasn't been a lot of clarifying and direct discussion. 100%. And I break down the rule thing every up every season, and without trying to be condescending, I try not to be condescending. Yeah. But I'm like, it's adorable that you have rules. Uh. Like it's adorable that you think that that's how that works, and how has that worked out for you so far? Because, and I say to them, I know what you're. I I can assume maybe what you hope is or what you think is happening or whatever. And then I said, I think in this season, and I'm not even supposed to tell you this, but I don't think <laughs> they're gonna fire me. So. <laughs> Um, I said, look, you know, just so you get it at this final dinner, your relationship is gone Mm. because I know that the journey you're going on, you won't be the same person at the end of it, even in this contrived reality thing. So that relationship that you relate to, that you applied rules to and the reason you're here and pointing fingers and all that, you have broken up Mm. because the two of you who come to the final bonfire won't be the same two people if my work is done right and your work is done right. And then you're going to see if there's a relationship that matters. And so, I mean, the rules are cool, but as, and this goes to maybe some of the questions about cheating and stuff. I'm like, look, any schmuck can go 30 days without banging somebody Mm -hmm. and run Mm -hmm. the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you haven't cheated. Right. It doesn't mean you've grown. 
doesn't mean you've explored or figured out what drives you to behavior. Mm -hmm. It just means you ran the gauntlet on TV. Right. Or even can, trust. Look, too, I, can like, do, yeah. I can do intermittent fasting. <laughs> that's not there's nothing to gain there right you know yeah. the, it, it's in the failures and the mistakes and and the stretching out of your soul where the truth comes what that was really heady but <laughs> you know what i mean it's like yeah. if you don't go somewhere you're not going to learn anything mm. and the whole rules thing is bullshit it's like it's okay if you're um if you cuddle but you can't kiss right all right or you can be on the beach but you can't be in the bed Okay, and what does that do? It's the same thing like with a dog. As soon as you tell them no or tell a child no, the first thing they want to do is do exactly the no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And more importantly, one of the biggest problems in all relationships is my imposing a will on you and you imposing a will on me. And I'm constantly saying to them, you know, it has nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, whether it does or not, for these next 30 days, you don't have access. So the only thing you can work on is you. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Let's just turn it back to what, because we get the love we mirror. We, we, we make the flower bed for love the way we think it should be. And what I try to coach towards or follow is, and I ask all the time, what do you want it to be? And not what you think is possible, what mm. you don't think is possible. Mm. When you fantasize about love, what is, what, what would feel just joyous to you and let's just make that your intention and see what shows up yeah mm. you know and what do you want from, yeah I, I, because then what you want from the other person is less because you yes. fixed it yes so it, you know and i again i'm doing all the things they just told me in the car not to do but i'm doing it anyway <laughs> um i i used my by the way anything i say that like as a kid say if i drop good bars at the bonfire <laughs> That shit came from my wife teaching me not to be an idiot. There you go. Okay. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I got you, babe. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that she crammed down my unwilling throat <laughs> is uh, Ram Das, yeah. who actually died favorite. and lived in Maui where we shoot. Mm -hmm. And I, she showed me a quote that I shared this season coming up that I think is it. He says, in love or in life, the only thing I can do for you is work on me. And the only thing you can do for me is work on you. Mm. And if you run everything through that filter, it gets real clear. Ooh, yes, that's really good. Ooh. I also, clip it. Yeah, 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 that's a clip. <laughs> Lee, cut that for our YouTube clips. I got one clip. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think what's also really interesting, like when you're just talking about the rule thing, I was listening to a podcast recently Um and if you've listened to us at all, we are always talking about non-monogamy <laughs> things because I think there's a lot to learn in this conscious modeling of what do we want our relationship to mm -hmm. be like in a way that's very tangible, not in filled with assumptions of what a relationship is supposed to look like. And I was listening to this podcast episode where the host was talking about rules in particular, because that's one thing like with non-monogamous relationships, oftentimes there's very clear like rules or there, there can be. Sure. Polyamorous sure. or whatever we want to call it. You know, you could do this, but don't do that. Yeah. Well, and she talks about that and she goes, essentially what you're saying is she's like, what you said, imposing your will upon another person and like, are you really coming to an agreement or it's are you organic. forcing someone to do what you want them to do? And then we, that works, we think, 
only because of the codependence of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So you enforce a rule on me and my codependence of wanting to please you is why I'm following the rules. And the fear of losing you, right? right? Yeah. Or fear of you yelling at me right, or right, even right. baser than that. But it's not the same as um, a relationship that both of you stand on the footing of understanding that um, I am you and you are me and, and we is more important. And, and we're a team, yeah. And I want you organically happy. I don't want you to have to stifle any part of you, mm-hmm. right? I want to be the one who blooms you, not prunes you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in that vein, That's I was good. curious. I got another Cl- clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that vein, I was curious. I'm like, have there really ever been any couples who have gone on the show who both equally wanted to be? On the show, like or in that position, because it seems well, to me like every time you're watching it, it just like what you dragged. guys are both saying is there's this like one person wants to try it and the other person's like, OK, sounds good. And there's this. I guess my answer to that is um, the part of me that is uh, like I talk a lot of fluffy stuff and I'm pretty positive and idealistic in a lot of things. But I'm also a realist. And I say to every contestant off camera, like, by the way, the first time I meet them is when you see me meet them on the beach. Like, there's no, hey, we're going into this. But then after that, and we're setting up the next shot on that first day, which is a, a, a blur, I always pull them aside and say, look, let me be clear about this with you guys. I'm here for you to uh, grow and to leave this island in a better place than you came here. And I'm here for all eight of you. And be clear that I didn't say all four couples. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm also hip to the hustle. So, and I don't care. So, and I always say at the first dinner, why are you here? And they get, well, we have problems in our relationship that we're trying to work out and he's to this and I'm to that. And I say, well, I say that's part of it. And the other part is that by coming on this show, you're going to hang out in Maui and then your Instagram is going to go crazy and you're going to get the blue check you mm-hmm. think is going to make you a better person. And you're going to have, you know, you know, all these products to sell and it's all yeah. good and, and okay. Yeah. Because I know that as bizarre as this is, it gets real. I don't care why you're here, what you think the hustle was. It's going to be going to be real <laughs> sooner than later. So the sooner you lean into this, and I'm here to support you in that, the more you'll get out of it. And if you try to keep this, you know, hustle going, you'll get less out of it, but it's still going to get real. And and by the end, the path to finding love, authenticity, self discovery, is also the thing. That makes influencers popular. So if you came here to hustle the show to get more followers or you came here to find out about love, if you get authentic, they both happen. Uh-huh. Okay. It's the same yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I don't give a I don't I'm saying the F word a lot. <laughs> I don't care. We're bad influences. No, I think you're just I'm trying to be cool in front of you. <laughs> um, but I, I think that it doesn't matter because you don't have to have it figured out. And you chose to come here, and it's a a really bullshit way to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to go to a family therapist or talk to a family <laughs> or whatever it is for you. But you're here now, and it happens to to work pretty crazy. But authenticity is the only thing that matters. Yeah, and wh- and you can't be authentic if you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. So all I'm going to do is talk to you about who you are and what you want, and let's create it. Let's create what you want because I don't think you ever have really defined it. And that definition constantly changes. And when you get connected to what makes your soul sing, the choir shows up. Mm -hmm. The partner shows up. Right? We need to be buying, not selling. Mm -hmm. Right? In love. 
We're constantly going. And I've heard women say this to me. And I, I got to be frank. I connect stronger with women. And I feel like we as men have a road, uh, we have a burden to carry of um, disproportionate bur burden of what we as good men have to do to mitigate the years of predatory behavior by men. Mm, sure. Right. So I lean towards the women and I'm, you know, I'll die on that hill. But what I, I'm constantly trying to let them know is, look, until you know who you are and what it is you're missing and what it is your own story is telling you about you, you're really not going to define a healthy love. And it's really okay to be what you say broken. But I also tell them, I'm like, the thing you hold as a secret that you think is your broken is the thing we love about you. Mm. It gives us purpose. It lets us know that you're not perfect and we're broken. And so that's where relationships grow is that you bring all of it and find that there's someone in the world that can accept all of your ugly. Mm. Right. And I hear women say all the time, you know, I'm dating this guy. I really dig him. He's awesome. And um, I'm giving it like three weeks before I show him who I really am. So I'm like wearing the baseball hat and I'm <laughs> watching football. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, what is that? I mean, I get it. And I've done it. Yeah. But what's going to happen is you're going to go. And then yeah. you're gonna, who who are you? Instead of if you were if you were buying instead of selling, right? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, I'm all of this. All of this is great. And now I'm going to just see if you are you get to have some of me. Mm -hmm. You know, if you fit me, not can I fit into you, so that I can check my box, which is I've got a boyfriend and I get to go to weddings with a boyfriend in my 20s because that was my schedule. And by 30, we're married with the house and the dog and the kid and all of that predetermined bullshit that is not the way the world works. What if you're uh, on the opposite spectrum of that where you're always buying and you're like, even with the per partner you've already committed to, you know, and you're always going, okay, mm, I don't know if this is what I bought. Mm, this is maybe not the product that I thought I signed you're up for. I don't like this. I don't like this. Or hypercritical. Hypercritical or discontent. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, you know, off the top of my head, my answer to that is it also comes from uh, a part of you that has not been um, explored about what are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. What are you protecting against? And what hairs are you splitting? Because your ego is telling you that these bullshit things matter enough to break a relationship when in fact, the core of things is all that matters. We're all going to get on each other's nerves. Mm -hmm. What you want is the person you could say, baby, I love you, but you're getting on my nerves. So I'm going to take a walk. Right. And her mm -hmm. not take that personally mm -hmm. or him not take that personally. That's, that's healthy ebb and flow. Relationships are doomed. Unless you can get to somebody who sees the real you and has bought it and you're not pushing and, and you're okay. And it's, and by the way, so that you're clear, this is an impossible place to get to and stay to. You just need a partner that knows that we're trying to figure it out together. Mm -hmm. Like my wife and I, I got married two weeks before my 25th birthday. Uh, she was, she's much older. She may have already turned 26 at that point. <laughs> um, Age is older. Yeah. And uh, we grew each other up. And I also tell people back to that plan. Like you, you all, so many of you say, I want to get my shit together before I commit. Well, I say commit and get your shit together so that your shit, your stuff is a we. 
not of mine and yours. And, it, and, it, and we're going to be together, but we're not really together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the part of us that's together, but there's my shit and there's your shit. Now, in a healthy relationship, it's a we, which means some of it I don't want to impede on you because I, I know this is your world that you need. But it's still we, me giving you the space is our we. Ah. Right? But the, let me let me get my world together by the numbers before I then add that other box, which is spouse or partner. It's just bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ride is what's important. The mistakes together are what it, that you don't, I, I always get asked, you know, my wife and I are going to be married 35 years, assuming I don't. You know, we don't blow it before August. <laughs> I think we're going to be all right. Um, and people ask, what's the key to a happy marriage? And I usually give some really long answer. And my wife says, why don't you give them the real answer? We love each other. I'm like, never oh. even thought of that one. Um, <laughs> but the one I give is we love each other, but there's a definition far greater than love for me. And it's, you know, we love each other always. We like each other often. Um, we lust after each other. That's fluid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we need each other always and need to find as I don't exist without her. And those moments become clear to you when like, say you go to the doctor and they say, Ooh, you might be dying next week. We got to do a test and you panic, right? That panic, maybe you don't panic, but I panic. <laughs> and there's only one person where you feel comfort, whether you like them or not. That's the only place that's comfort for you. Well, that's home. That's need. We need each other. That's why we partner, not because mm. it's cute and fun, but because we can't do it alone. We can, but it's not as easy and it's not nearly as fulfilling. So you're not defining need as codependency. You're defining no. need as, as... As in water, food, partnership. Yeah, love. I, so love. Social, con- right. con- deep connection with I mean, other I humans. I can get there with fast food and Coke and um, <laughs> and no love. Yeah. But I won't be living the fullest life and I'm not going to be what's really important, which is um, I'm not going to be joyful. And I like to break that down as joy is my favorite thing in the world because it's selfish and selfless at the same time. You do things to feel joyful and selfishly you feel better, but it's impossible to be joyful and it not be expressed as a gift to others. You can't go to the Venice beach and watch somebody live in their life. Even if you're not into rap or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. is going down you can't experience somebody living their best life and not find some joy in it. And that's out of yourself into the place of connection. Well, I don't know. Some people feel resentment towards people that are living their their life and their, you know, truth. And sometimes people, and, and I find myself doing it myself sometimes, where you're just like, mm, but it's because you probably aren't in that space yourself. Well, it could be, it could be two, place, two things. One is... You, you have to have a conversation about why it makes you feel less than when you see other people having, like you have it that it's limited. Like if they have it, it took it from you mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to it's limitless. Mm-hmm. And the other might be that what we think is looking at somebody living their best life is them humble bragging the shit out of stuff. Sure. Which is toxic. Trying to be pompous. Look, look and how awesome yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm really mm-hmm. living my best life. So make sure you see me doing it. As opposed to observing somebody living their best life, mm-hmm. having a joyful moment, and you not just gushing with tears or joy, seeing it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean about joy. And and when you can be in even the most minor of a joyful state, you're connecting to a vibration that makes a difference to the entire world, in my opinion. 
And it's not deeper than that. And we get into this list of what has to be. And I'm like, you can either resent a fear or you can accept and be joyful. And those are the only two switches. Everything else comes after that. I selfishly have a have a very particular question, but I think it's one that a lot of people and partnerships will relate to. Ooh, okay, your partner says something, and I see this a lot on the show. Your partner says or does something that's a neutral action, right? It's not good or bad. But you get enough this sort of feedback loop where that neutral thing is interpreted as an attack, mm. as negative, as criticism, and both people are stuck in this constant misinterpretation and this automatic assumption that the other person is saying something to hurt them or doing something to hurt them. Um, I was reading an article about it on the, do you guys know the Gottman Institute? It's like an institute yeah. for relationship uh, study of relationship stuff and they did a study on couples and some couples had the opposite where someone would say a neutral thing and the other person would interpret that as a as a uplift like as a compliment mm -hmm. or something uplifting them you know well, when they're very in love or whatever so how do you navigate out of that way of this automatic interpretation that this person is attacking you first of all I want to acknowledge the language you use to make that point <laughs> because it's dead on for me, interpretation, story, projection is the human condition that my wife and others who are dear to me have led me to troughs to drink from these wells to kind of get these distinctions and definitions. And so the human condition is to – and this is the best example I can get. You walk into work and somebody that you've given your power away to says, oh, is that how you're wearing your hair today? Uh-huh. And that's a neutral statement. Right. It's just their statement. Mm -hmm. right. You immediately said, you heard, <laughs> he hates my hair. Yeah. It's, we call a story. It's not real. It's the soap opera you create all the time based out of your ego and your concern of how people see you. Mm -hmm. Right? So neutral, like we feel like if I said things are empty and they don't have meaning, that sounds negative to most uh, people who haven't sure. had this inquiry. Mm -hmm. But what if empty and without meaning simply means empty and without meaning and just is, it's just ising. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. being, right? And so for me, because by the way, there are no letters after my name. Anything I'm saying could be full on <laughs> bullshit, sure, sure, sure. okay? Mark, you're a doctor to me, okay? You know, well, <laughs> well, malpractice. But yeah. for me, in my exploration of this wacky ride is that. I get to choose in every interaction. I get to choose my relationship to that. Right. And neutral is neither good nor bad. And by the way, good or bad is a trap altogether in almost every, every case. Mm -hmm. There's replace it with acceptance or resistance. Things are what they are. The good or bad is what you decided they are. Right. And it's not that. So. And by the way, it's not that he didn't think your hair looked shitty. By the way, your hair looks fabulous. <laughs> but that's not for you to decipher nor to be concerned with only if you're measuring yourself by what he thinks of you. Yeah. Right? And what's most attractive, when I go back to the buying and selling, what I find most attractive in the world is the not needing of anything. You can desire things. You can manifest things. But the needing and need and want are like the magnets that turn around. 
it's crazy. The more I want it, the further it gets away as yeah. soon as I don't want it. And that goes to how I got Temptation Island again. It's like this, this ridiculous, illogical thing that happened within three weeks of an intention shift that has happened to me so many times in my life that it's like people look at me and go, how do you access this magic? And I said, I do it by accident, but now I'm trying to choose it. And it really comes from, like I said, um, I don't know, but before we were on the air or whatever, because <laughs> I haven't stopped talking. The gap between what is that doesn't have any meaning, it just is, and what we wish things were is the story of human condition, which is where it all breaks down. And the and I hate to use the the cliche hashtags, but gratitude, gratitude is just it's not as again, that's not a good or bad. Gratitude is I'm just aware that all things serve me. And no things are at me. Nobody's conspiring against me. There are toxic people that are conspiring against themselves by making me the bad guy. But they're really just killing themselves. I'm not drinking. They're drinking the poison and expecting me to die. Right? But acceptance, just go easy. It's just work less. Everything that shows up to you, you have a choice right then to have a reaction or an action or acceptance and reaction is what we're thrown to do. It's our projection. It's what we do. I react all day, every day. By the way, I sound like just the greatest dude when I'm with you and my wife is probably throwing up right now, like literally throwing up like, this whole vomit. That's how I feel when I listen to Graham, the podcast. I'm right. like, what planet are you I'm living like, on? Who is this man? Or she's probably going. And who taught you that, right, motherfucker? Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> All of my hours. I got you, babe. I can... <laughs> Nowhere I without like, you, this babe. This is codependence at its finest right here. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I did, but what it is, you know, from my seat, and I think this is why things are kind of interesting with me right now, is that I feel younger today than I've felt since my 30s. Mm. I felt old in my 30s, scared. And what I've been reflecting on lately is that the challenges of young life, the, the 20s are a blur of, of booze and bad choices, which is exactly what they should be. Mm -hmm. um, but then what happens is there's this, this story you wrote of who I'm going to be when I grow up and life starts to happen and it just won't fit into boxes. So now in my age, which is I was born during the Reconstruction era after the Civil War. Um, <laughs> at my age, I feel younger because I resist less. Mm. And I'm just, what have I got to lose? Right? I'm not trying, I'm not trying anything. I'm not trying. I'm trying, the only thing I'm trying to do, and I try is the wrong word. What I'm committing to doing is catching myself when I'm trying or wanting or, or egoing or whatever and just get quieter and just go, you're good. Oh, it's okay. Just chill. Mm -hmm. Let it let it come. Now that doesn't mean you know. This is the like when you get back to that thing that was really popular when everybody was watching the uh, the secret, mm -hmm. and everybody's like, all I got to do is like do a vision board and I'm going to be rich. You know. <laughs> so there is action that needs to happen, but I'm not a big proponent of plan because plan leaves out 
the possibility of the divine making crazy shit happen. Me and you both, Mark. Don't like plans. Mm-mm. <laughs> it, it, when have you done a plan? Oh, by the way, people do a plan and they get the result. Mm-hmm. The result is the one that you, who is not divine, right. where you are, you can connect to it. But you, through your sight, picked and you got there. And in the process, what did you limit yourself to? Because you picked a destination with no possibility of a, of a detour. And I, there's so, so many books that, again, my wife forced me to read, and I would only read like the first line of each chapter, and then I would <laughs> That's all you quote need. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she's like, "How do you know this?" I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, but the, you know, there's this one book called "The Mutant Message Down Under," which is a parable book. It's like I call it like a three poop book. You like you can read it in three times. <laughs> and um, basically, it's these Aborigines take this Scottish woman or something for this walkabout, and everything that happens they look at as a gift. Everything. Locusts are like at one point these flies just inundate them and she's doing all this and they're just standing like this. And afterwards, the only one who will talk to her says, you know, in the heat of the day, you're sweating and you're choking and everything, but we're not because those flies that you thought were pests cleaned our ears and our nose and everything so we can breathe and deal with the heat better than you. That Mm -hmm. was a gift. And all I'm saying is every bump in the road can be a gift. And the plan thing limits you. And I am, you know, I did like two semesters of college and barely paid attention in high school. I'm way not educated in, in traditional sense. But here's a quote from Hamlet <laughs> because that makes me look really badass. <laughs> but I use this in every speech I give. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. And I've proven this in my life a million times. The things that have happened in my career and in my life aren't just coincidental and crazy. They're illogical and against anyone's plan of how this should happen. And that's what you want to access. You want to access the openness of let the universe do their thing. Because she's she does some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. That's well beyond your imagination for success or love or like, I'm not supposed to be. Oh, do I have time? I'll be quick. <laughs> I spent 30 years in show business, very successful with moments, right? And bankruptcy and then success and then whatever. And then ever since Antiques Roadshow, which was um, a really wonderful Wait, did show. did you host for Antiques Roadshow? I was the host for a bunch of years, but it and the people around me, this is not their problem. And this is not a slam to Antiques Roadshow. Who I was at Antiques Roadshow was a little bit bitter and stifled. And it was the opposite of Temptation Island. They wanted me in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I resisted the box. The box wasn't the problem. My resistance was the problem. But anyway, my TV. That show has come up so much recently for some reason. Crazy, right? I was just talking about it like a week or two ago. Anyway, continue. So. Uh, Maybe it's time to make a comeback. You know, well, it's yeah. still going. They just got rid of me. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The show's never going away. Oh, wow. It's like an institution. But okay. They outgrew me and okay, <laughs> and I love them and they love me. Yeah. It's just, it's what is. What is, not what I wish it was, right? I wish you could come in and talk to the people after someone tells them it's worthless, you know? That's yeah. what it's I worthless. wanted to do yeah. and that was one of the things. I said, there's so much going on. Yeah. I just want to be with them. And they're so like, many it's emotions happening, yes. expectations. But I'm going to really bury myself if I go down this road any further. <laughs> the point is, so I was on that show. I wasn't really doing any other TV. I have a bunch of side hustles I was doing, you know, speaking or, or going out and hosting live events or whatever. And then um, 
but the TV thing wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And I was aging out of what the, what I had it plan was the popular age and what the rules are and how it's supposed to be. And, um, and I came home from being on the road and immediately got into that place that makes my wife go, I can't stand you. And I'm just waking up in the morning going, if I send this email or if I, what if I pitch this idea, this is a good idea or all these want, 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 chase, chase, chase. And I got tired and I said, I'm not doing it. I quit. Mm. I quit. I later broke that down into a cute little um, acronym. Um, but what I did was I quit. I got quiet. I looked at how I was feeling. When I was feeling a certain way, I labeled it. So Q, get quiet and figure out what you feel. Uh, uh, you, got, you. You, I can't remember this. <laughs> I don't even want to go there, but it doesn't matter. What I ended up doing was anytime I felt broke, um, uh, forgotten, irrelevant, mm. I did something else that made me feel better. And for me, it was uh, building something outside, planting stuff, or just looking at it, or hanging out with my chickens, meditating, but sometimes it was literally go in my chicken coop and smoke a little weed and just watch the chickens be just chickens. Mm -hmm. The point was, every time I felt myself go back to the want, need, grab, grab, I said, check yourself, go do something else, and you'll forget why you're discontent. And I started to just go, okay, as long as I'm just feeling good, positive, that's really what's important. Not a week after this. I get a call for the show that, again, plan looked like my vision of what was perfect. It was local. It was uh, enough money that we don't have to worry. It was all about crafting and building and DIY and all this stuff. And I'm perfect. And it, no one watches it. So you won't be famous. So that's great, too, for me, because <laughs> I don't like that at all. And um, and they call me in. So as soon as I make this shift, all of a sudden, a cast director is calling me. OK, that's crazy. It hasn't happened in 10 years. I go in and do two test shows, kill it, go home for 4th of July going, I got this. 5th of July, you didn't get this. Mm. We're going with somebody else. Mm. And on that same day, I see that the show I did in 2001 is being rebooted, Temptation Island. And immediately I go to, oh, that show killed my career. Everybody thought I was gross. It was like sexy, and it was, but it was a different time. Mm -hmm. And, ugh, and uh, they're not going to be me and uh, just my luck, right? Like all that human shit mm -hmm. right so then i get a call to go to the meeting i don't call anybody on it i'm not even trying to get it and i go to this meeting and i describe this as uh, the scene in shawshank when morgan freeman goes up for the parole board mm -hmm. and you see him go up all the time well, yeah i've rehabilitated and then finally he goes you know he says the guy says do you think you've been rehabilitated he goes i don't even know what that means sonny do i feel bad about it do i, do I regret my decisions i want to shake that 18 year old back then but I don't know what rehabilitated means, you know. I'm just basically living my life and go ahead and stamp your paper. I have no mm -hmm. attachment to what you say. You don't define, do I feel, am I safe? Mm -hmm. And of course, he's approved and he goes. So that's how I go in the meeting, not even trying to get the job. And the next thing I know, and I'm telling you three and a half, four weeks from that epiphany moment, I said, here's my reality. You're getting paid more than you've ever been paid in your career. You just were able to put in your deal that you don't go without your wife. Because that's something I've never asked for, but I, I decided that's important. Mm. We fly first class to Hawaii to get into this gorgeous suite where there are 170 crew people that are treating me like royalty for no apparent reason. And all they want me to do 
is wear sick ass clothes <laughs> and sit in paradise on a box and talk about what we're doing right now that mm-hmm. I fucking love doing. Mm-hmm. All right. That's back to the Hamlet quote. That's not a reality I would have put in a plan. Mm-hmm. My plan is I'm going to smoke a joint with my chickens and end up in Hawaii talking about life. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think it's like there are a lot of things you're saying is so interesting because there's the flip side of it, which I think the best things in life are. There's like the 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 Duality. ugly side of the coin and the really good side. So when you're talking about what you're saying, like what I'm hearing is you're detached from the outcome in like the best way possible. So there's the bad side of it where you can be like, I don't give a fuck what happens in a really reckless, harmful, destructive way to yourself and the people around you. Because that's not really not giving a fuck. Uh-huh. That's saying I'm not giving a fuck to get a reaction to people because you give a fuck. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't need to say more, but I think you yeah. see what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in you saying it, I heard it. It's yeah. not that I came to that. I heard you say it. And then I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. We like to whenever. It's inauthentic. You're it's right. It's inauthentic. You're not and actually, we see it all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's sour grapes. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about that. And also you can't even in people who are villainous, let's say online on TV or whatever. And they do things even that might be, you know, you're like, I'm not sure if you should have done that. When someone is actually being authentic and that I don't care about the outcome, I don't care if I piss people off and they're being truly authentic in it. You can't help but be like, I kind of like that, you know, right? You're (laughs) like contagious. I kind of like that. Because absolutely. And it really comes from when somebody's being real. Yeah. We don't have to project on them anything. Right. We're not trying to glean. Because you're seeing them as they are, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we're not trying to take who they're being as a statement of who we are. Like, their being and my relationship to them is more about how would they feel about me or am I better than them Mm. or not as good as them? And if I'm not as good as them, do I resent them or want them? And it's just all a swirl of needing validation when, in fact, we get to validate ourselves without anybody else's help just by saying it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay tying this back in now to the thing we were talking about with rules in that same podcast she was talking about how um there's a lot of language that people use now they use the word boundaries instead of to replace the word rules when in fact what they're talking about are rules right if you well that's my boundary but it is if you do this then this is what's going to happen right right Boundaries are important, but that's holding yourself in esteem. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I, when we were in the kitchen, I was talking about the swirl of all the things that I'm flipping out about. That's me not putting myself on my own list, which is, look, let me be clear. All of this stuff we're talking about is elusive. You don't hold on to it all the time. You're constantly trying to check and recheck and rebalance. That's why we do things like meditate or take a bath or or go for a run is that we have to recalibrate all the time because the human condition is to survive at any means necessary Mm -hmm. and take no prisoners and realize how fragile it is. Fear. Right. Mm -hmm. And it serves purpose. Mm -hmm. But you're exactly right. It's like we can choose our relationship to any of it. And we don't need anybody else to tell us that we're okay. Mm -hmm. We are okay because look, Look, nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, we're okay. We can have a list of shit that we're worried about. But right now. Yeah. I guess I'm okay. Right? I'm breathing. I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm fed. I'm not hungry. After that, everything else falls way down off the list. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about how, you know, 
we can't put boundaries on other people either. We can only control how we're going to be related to the situation. And just what I'm hearing is like, and a detached, if we're going to talk about neutral things, yes. detached seems to have a negative connotation, but in everything you're saying, I'm hearing mm-hmm. like, oh, detach, detach in, in, in a healthy way, right? Detach from, I'm not, I, I love my partner, but I'm not a part of them. So they, they're going to do that. And that's going to have the most consequence for them. And right. Like that's, I don't know. Like I'm just thinking the best through way all for these. me to support you, my partner, when you're going through whatever you're going through is to not project how it affects me on you mm. or not project even emotionally what I think you should do or not do. And this is a classic male female breakdown that happens a lot. I hear a lot of women say to me, we don't want you to fix it. We want you to say, I understand, mm-hmm. which was a learned skill for me, not a natural thing. My, a lot of men, it's not, it doesn't really break down gender wise. And I'm really working hard to explode my preconceived 1950s version of anything gender related. Um, but there is a propensity in some personalities that my purpose is to make sure you're okay. And if you're not comfortable, I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And as someone who feels things hypersensitively, that's been a survival technique of mine all the time. The trick of detachment is you're not comfortable and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Me being uncomfortable for you or trying to manage your discomfort isn't going to make you any better. better or feeling it, responsible for your right. discomfort either. Better might be to yeah. say, wow, you're in it right now, huh? Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I love you and I'm here whether you're in it or not. Yeah. And you don't need really much more than that. Yeah. Unless it, you ask. That just like, that just hit me to the core. I that is like, I know, it. I know that, that literally just, I'm starting to get teary. I'm like, that resonates so intensely because I'm very much wired that way. Like so wired in the way that like, whether it be with some of my best friends or my partner, where it's like your discomfort makes me uncomfortable and I need to react to that by fixing or by or or by again projecting how you feel and all these or even mirroring emotion right 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 right. know that anytime i'm in a situation where we're talking about this stuff and it looks like i'm the coach actually and i say this off camera to them all the time anything i say that resonates is not because i said it to help you it's because you showed up for me to make me say something I need to remind myself of. Mm. So all these things that I'm saying are not that I've mastered this, is that I'm still in it, fucking that up regularly, mm. right? The difference is at my age and with my experience, I'm no longer content to say it's not me mm. and more into not fixing me, but being aware when there's two me's, there's authentic me and ego me. Right. And being aware when the ego takes over or the kid, the pain body, you know, as Eckhart Tolle would call it, or or all these writers talk about it in different ways. Deepak and then Ram Dass, all of them talk about this person we identify with, which is that hurt child mm-hmm. or this authentic new you, which is the only you. And it's a constant battle. Yeah. Who's running today? Who's running the show today? Mm-hmm. And so my wife is constantly saying to me, don't coach me right now. And I say that to her. I don't need your coach. I didn't ask. So we, we have a joke in our house about unsolicited advice <laughs> because we are exactly that. If you're not comfortable. See, here's the thing about that. When people say good or bad, right? Yeah. You're having a bad day and people are like, well, I want to help you. Like, you know, let, me, let me help you. Here's what you should do. Yes. What you're doing is we're all empaths. 
different levels, right? You're out of balance. I feel it because they, there is no empty space. Right. This is all us, right? I'm, mm -hmm. we're all moleculing, right? Um, but my ego wants my discomfort in your discomfort to go away. So I'm not trying to fix you. I'm trying to make it so I don't feel your pain. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's selfish. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and yeah. also we're so taught that that, though, is love. Right. Mm -hmm. Of like. Mm -hmm. Preach. Wow. Preach. And like Because most of the dysfunctional behavior we do is from a place of not is is is. Misdirected love, which is what Al-Anon, 12 Step Al-Anon, yeah. which is the parent, uh, the sister sister organization Sister program for AA, mm -hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous, is loving detachment. I can't make you not mm -hmm. drink. I can love you in a healthier way, mm -hmm. which is not to uh, save you, shield you, uh, shun you, any of that. Just you be you and I'm going to be me. But the authentic me is that I love you and you can make your mistakes that aren't my mistakes and if you need me and you ask for me, I'm there. But I'm not going to race in and say, she can't really handle this, so let me handle this for her. Right? Because really what I'm doing is making sure I feel better about your discomfort. Mm -hmm. All about me. It's always, we can always do that test. This is the test I have to do all day long. How much about me am I being? And usually it's 90%. And I have to knock it down. Enough, Wahlberg. Yeah. Take it down. Mm-hmm. And even when I say that, I'm like, Wahlberg, oh, that's the other guy. And then I feel bad. You know, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a swirl of, of not feeling enough all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if we don't, and this is the thing on Temptation Island, if you don't feel enough, how are you going to love somebody else? Mm -hmm. You're just going to suck them dry. Right? Yeah. Or project all over them all the time and blame them for your misery that you get to control. It's yeah. when you're saying that it was like, I'm thinking about my relationship with my husband where for a really long time I was like, my, the jealousy was just through the roof, through the roof there. I had experienced stuff in childhood, whatever that added to that. But in, in uh, maybe five years ago, six years ago, it really shifted. And when you're saying like, when you're saying this, it, it's really resonating with me where I'm like, sometimes people ask like, well, what changed? Like, and I sometimes try to come up with reasons like, oh, well, you know, my bipolar kind of leveled out a little bit and we started communicating better and I pulled away from like toxic uh, uh, church culture and da, da, da. But really what it was, was that I started to like actually engage and like care about myself and love myself. And I allowed me to just be me and love me. And then I was able to actually see my husband for who he was oh, yeah. instead of just projecting everything on him constantly. And, and that's that, what shifted. Can I ask you, the more that you were able to discover a love for yourself. Yes. Did, did you, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you to share it. Yeah. Did you find not only that your husband's love was deeper for you, but did you find sort of ancillary people around you loving you more? Like wildly more. Okay. Mm, so wildly this is more. the magic. Right. Yeah. I'm able to access this on stage. Like I have trouble with intimacy, um, I'm, which I'm working on incessantly one on one. Mm -hmm. Like I get uncomfortable because the vibe is too strong. Yeah. It's so it's overwhelming intense. to me. Right. Yeah. But I can walk in front of 5000 people and be intimate with them because that's very comfortable yes. for me. Mm -hmm. I resonate but, with that um, for sure. 
Okay, broads, one more quick pause. Can we all just appreciate how amazing it is that in the palm of our hand at all times, we all have a professional level quality camera at our disposal. I mean, it's kind of incredible that using our phone can take some pretty amazing photos. The problem is that most of the time those photos never make it past your phone's photo albums. Mm. But with the help of FrameBridge, you can simply and easily frame all your favorite photos and make your memories last forever. God, I love FrameBridge. So good. It's easier and more affordable than ever to custom frame everything that matters without leaving the house. That's like the only way I can get anything framed is through FrameBridge. From art prints and posters to, yes, those photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge pretty much anything. Just to get started, go to framebridge.com. You can upload whatever you want to have framed or you can send in the physical pieces directly to FrameBridge. I'm pretty sure they send you, like they can send you a little poster tube, like whatever you need. They, they make it so easy. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to preview your items in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts and even get recommendations on what looks best from FrameBridge's team of designers. Once you pick the perfect frame, the experts at FrameBridge will get to work and deliver your finished framed piece safely to your door when it's done. I've used FrameBridge to print as uh, print so many family photos from my phone and even created a little gallery wall in the house um, in the bedroom. It's so sweet. And with the help of our online design team and FrameBridge, it was such an easy process and it looks so good get started today frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift and go to framebridge.com and use promo code chatty broads to save an additional 15 percent off your first order just go to framebridge.com promo code chatty broads that's framebridge.com promo code chatty broads Listen, broads, I don't care if you've been married for 20 years, single for six years, or in a it's complicated situation with that cute coworker of yours. Everyone deserves a little bit of self-love around Valentine's Day. Relationship status be damned. Go ahead and treat yourself. And what better way to treat yourself with that brand new lounge set or pretty bra from Third Love? Specifically, a piece from Third Love's newest deco lace collection. Oh, so good. It was designed to make you feel sexy 365 days a year. If you're new to Third Love, Let us explain. Third Love is the online shop making bra shopping painless and, dare we say, enjoyable. You're going to start off your experience by taking the online fitting room quiz. It's basically like having your own personal shopper. And the quiz will ask you about things like breast shape, size, current likes, dislikes, and then boom, you're going to get personalized recommendations to help you pick out the best styles for you. Third Love has so many styles and sizes. I promise your perfect bra is out there. They even carry half cup sizes. But the thing I love most about Third Love bras is how freaking comfortable they are. From the moment I put on my first one, it was obvious that Third Love is obsessed with the details. The straps were soft but supportive. The lining was perfection. And the bra was cute on top of all of that. There's really nothing else you could ask for. Uh, Third Love has 100,000 five-star reviews online. Okay. (laughs) Like that, that's proof enough. That's wild. I can confirm they are not lying. It's true. They're the best. But on the off chance that you don't love anything from Third Love, exchanges and returns are free for the first 60 days. Feeling is believing. Upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. And right now you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash chatty. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash chatty chatty pardon me i said i resonate with that for sure right. like being scared to you know dance or sing or be vulnerable in front of five people but five thousand people you know, five million people who cares right. right yeah but the more that i can just say um you know i accept all of this and giggle at the stuff that's yucky and 
even celebrate the stuff that's awesome, the more I see that what I've maybe created, that's the wrong word, what I made space for are all of the personalities and things, not just personalities, but experiences and successes and finance and everything that are waiting to be in my world, but can't break that bubble of resistance, right? That It's attraction and push away, right? And I hate to use all the, the because I hate the feeling that I'm going to give you this way for you to, you know, make a million dollars tomorrow. Sure. You know, buy Bitcoin. That should work. I think that's <laughs> um, But what it's about is space. It's not about doing. It's about space. It's clearing. So when I can love this and not have the drama of yeah. all the, you know, we talked about a misguided but loving work, which is that I'm feeling you, so therefore I'm doing yeah. this. Well, I'm also responsible for the, this is an Oprah thing. I'm responsible for the energy I bring in the room, mm-hmm. right? And if my energy is needy, whether I've defined it or not, what space is there for love? I need to clear it out. I need to sweep it out. When I can be at least not in love with myself, but at least accepting of even the fact that I'm not particularly thrilled with myself, but I accept it, all of a sudden things show up. So back to the plan thing, I say, and I'm working this out. It's not proven scientifically, but lately I think we've seen in the world that science is not so important to anyone. (laughs) Um, I found that the more accepting I am, the less energy I spend on resisting or having an opinion even leaves this opening back to what you were saying about is that negative or positive opening empty that feels like I'm not doing but it's in that opening that things fill in that become a plan that I didn't pick right it's in the opening of me going I'm not calling about temptation I don't even want to do this it's like whatever that the call comes that I was begging for, can you come and meet the executives? Right? As mm-hmm. opposed to me sending an email saying, hey, I heard they rebooted the show. I hosted it before. Can you get me a meeting? Right? Yeah. It was the space that happened in my chicken coop that allowed those people who really want to be with the real me to say, how do I get some of that? Mm-hmm. Come to my office. And then if you follow that, rather than push that, it starts to glow clearer. You know when you need to push through resistance that's there for a reason, that you need to work hard, and you know that you're beating a dead horse. You kind of can sense, am I, you know, constantly ask, am I heading in the right direction? You know, what? and then you start to get in this inquiry of, am I just, is it, my, is it the kid or is it the authentic person that wants this, right? And if I can just not want it, and just be okay with what I have, then I get more of everything. Yeah. And you can also stop missing things that are right in front of you. Right. And so I'm even thinking on a much like the more confined level, just thinking about having a partner and thinking about how my pattern is often to pick apart the other partner. Right. He is not doing enough of this. He's not serving me in this way that I need him to, which also when you were talking about needs, it made me think our actual needs for our partner are probably way shorter of a list than we communicate or think they are right yeah the actual (laughs) things we need are much smaller now so i was just thinking about that so good i was just thinking about that and being like okay so yeah i need this from you i need you to behave in this way this is getting all caught up in all the ways that this person isn't enough and obviously sometimes you're with a person that you guys are very mismatched in your where you're at in life 
saying that, you know, very nicely. And sometimes you need to like cut the cord with that person because it's not a good fit for where you're at or whatever. But just thinking about like if I, I and a lot of times it's coming from me not being enough. Right. I've been s- sitting all day thinking about how, fuck, I'm never going to be on top of work enough. I'm never going to be enough pr- present enough for the kids. I'm never going to be off my phone enough. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and then your partner comes home or I'm talking about my life partner comes home and then you're like talking about all of our lives. Right. Bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm 100% right. And you're like, well, you didn't wash the fucking dishes. I like, you know, I so that would suck, be mom. helpful. Like that yeah. would be helpful. I've been getting the kids ready for bed yeah. and like you haven't done that, yeah. you know, like. Mm-hmm. And um, haven't you seen what I've been doing and what I've got going on? And, yeah. And, and now it's personal that you didn't wash the dishes. Right. It but, wasn't just that you didn't wash right. the dishes. You didn't wash the dishes at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? That yeah. was on purpose. Right. Yeah. To make yeah. me do more work because you don't yeah. recognize how so much work I do or whatever. now I'm going to wash the dishes at you. Yeah. Right. 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 Huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And this is your fault. Yeah. And by the way, I expect you to pick up, you know, right. this, that, and that, and the other tomorrow. I, I think there is a, a culture right now, you know, where it's like, you're the one that is not serving me in the way instead of like, maybe I, maybe I'm the one doing that shit, you know, like, well, maybe there's a problem let's play with this me. matrix game for a minute. What if all of the experiences are entirely created by you? <laughs> they are. Because <laughs> I say they are. Well, the, the neutral I, thing, the empty thing, right? right. Like, because I've created some miracles in my personal life and my career life that shouldn't happen in moments of accidental zoning like the zone like the athlete zone yeah like i tripped and fell into the to a ditch of zone and then all sorts of shit started to pop off Mm -hmm. and i'm like wow how do i do that again i want and then it's dead i want to do dead instantly dead right so that's the thing i'm playing with i like alchemy i like the magic i need shortcuts because i've wasted 30 years of my life not doing the plan of savings and this and that and the other. So I need some shortcuts to to the big stuff. I right. need to like find the portals. Yeah. Right. I you know it's like investing. I I have don't have the luxury of long term investing anymore, yeah. right? <laughs> I gotta make a, a profit quick. <laughs> and what I'm playing with is there's a whole world of magic. It's like like this accessible area. That's all around us all the time, but we can't see it or feel it or get into it. But then occasionally something rocks your soul and you forget about you for a minute and you're in it. You don't recognize it except for the quiet. You're, uh, whose husband was it? it was your husband Man, yeah. was saying that when he's working and doing something, his mind's blank. Well, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. There's so that's back to the empty and meaningless. Empty thought is really comfortable. Any other thought, even even desire is discomfort it's not peace it's not it's not it's desire feels good it's sexy but it's also a wanting of something it's an urge mm-hmm. and when you have no urge and all of your things are sated you're fully accepting and and so ready to love and be loved mm-hmm. i mean how great is it if you're single and you're on a date to be projecting or not projecting, but to be being, there's nothing I need from you. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just let's hang out. There's really, I have no agenda of need. I'm not, I'm not waiting for you to be an idiot. I'm not hoping you pay the bill. I'm not making rule that I won't kiss on the first date, but I will on the third. Uh-huh. I don't need any of it. Or like, and I, unless I, I want it now when it's here. I bring this up all the time. What, 
one of our guests, what Eric said when he was on, which blew my mind, uh, someone in our, one of, uh, a follower asked, when do I tell a guy that I'm interested in a serious relationship? And our guest who was here, he was like, why are you going to say that unless you want a serious relationship with this person? Why are you desiring a serious relationship? What's the if the person, do for you? Yeah. Right, and if there's not the person in front of you that you want to have a serious relationship with, then like you're desiring something that's not even there, right? Yeah, like well, you're just meeting this person. That, you're declaring now I would like. And what that does is negate what is. Mm. By the way, I'm saying this stuff as I'm working out on my feet. This is sure. what I'm playing with. Yeah. But I'm playing with the what is as opposed to what I wish. So you so the whole content this is you just exploded my head on this. Let's play with this a second. We're courting, we're dating. There's something that attracts us. Usually starts physically, right? Yeah, sure. And now we've agreed to go on a date. And immediately, and and from mostly, you know, the female point of view often, just the dynamic of of the way we've ruined things, um, is, you know, let me suss out, Is am I wasting my time? Yes. Is this going to go right, anywhere? Right, right, right. As opposed to- He's Just a fuck boy. <laughs> nothing is, is just a fuck boy yeah. or is he not quite- as much fuck boy as I want, but he's mm-hmm. a good earner. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's he dresses well so I can yeah. take him to parties. Honest to God, I, I yeah. say this yeah, for yeah. comedy, but this is absolutely where oh, most people live. I mean, sure. A and we're going pro con, pro con. Right. As opposed to if I had at least an understanding of completing of I'm good. Like I'm good. I'm good. I'm all I got all the love. Right. I got room for more, but I'm I'm loved. I love me. I'm good. Then that dinner is not a date. It's something you did for your own joy to share with someone else that, if nothing more, gives you some mild curiosity, even if they're obnoxious. And there's there's a movie that is not a spiritual movie that I like. I tell this to all the women who come to me with dating problems. I'm like, watch Along Came Polly. <laughs> I'm going to let that just resonate for a minute because that's not one you would think is self-help. <laughs> Polly doesn't, you know the movie I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. She didn't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. She's all over the place. Yeah. And the Ben Stiller character is everything about this is so uncomfortable. My wife is a perfect example. I'm from the South. I spent my whole life trying to look like that Southern gentleman. I was also a smaller guy and Jewish. So I was scared. You know, the the white guys, you know, I was everybody's Jewish friend. So I had this chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. about and. I developed what I used to call women's intuition, but it is essentially empathic intuition, which is not, by the way, another thing, I just, I don't want too many words, but we always say I'm an empath. It sounds like, look how great I am. Empath is more of a curse than a blessing. Yeah, don't get me started, you guys. It is. <laughs> Except that our guest the other day called me an empath and I was like, how dare you? But Except then, good, good talk. I'm playing with. What is the thing that makes me different in this? Why do I feel things at this level? And it's not that I've been blessed or cursed with empath. It's that it was a survival skill that a lot of women have to develop simply Mm -hmm. because you're smaller than men and the victim of physical crime a lot to suss out instantly. Is this guy strong enough to help me get through the winter without killing me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I always say like in the surface level, when you walk into a bar to hook up, a woman looks at you, a guy's like, oh, it's all good. I don't yeah, up with anybody. Yeah. And a woman looks at you before you come to the door and has decided whether you're on the no list or the yes list uh-huh. immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you can get, you can be on the yes list and get on the no list, but you're not going to go from the no to the yes. It's yeah. just, 
We sense immediately. We yeah. call us broads. So, um, and that can also be influenced by your self-worth, right? It's 100%. Too, so you can look at someone and say no because you're like, I am not worthy of that yes. kind of, of course. love or attention. Of course. Of course. But what I'm getting back to that dating and declaring this is going to yeah. be serious. Yeah. Okay, that's cute. But like I always talk about she, the universe, whatever, because mm-hmm. I don't know what word yeah, to put yeah, on sure. this that won't alienate somebody and, sure. and make me look like a heathen, but <laughs> which is what I am. Um, <laughs> it's already a serious relationship or not. The mm. relationship doesn't get defined by it's now serious, does not phases of mm. relationship. Relationship is, always is. Mm-hmm. We're in a relationship now and it's glorious. <laughs> but in the date, if there was no agenda or want, you'd just be being with a person you made a decision. Hey, you know, it might be fun is to have a meal with this person. And then the curiosity of learning more about them, even the stuff that you had previously, the old you, the child of you said, these are bad and good yeah. are just things yeah. that if you're completely filled up, you can look at those things without any attachment to that gets on my nerves or doesn't get on yeah. my nerves. It's just curiously interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what? All and of this- then it becomes, it becomes serious when it's serious. You know what all this requires, though, that I'm like realizing the through line. Wine? Pause. And it's t- it all comes back to time. Because in order to be able to see things clearly, we have to pause and really see them for what we are. Not with the automatic immediate filters, you know, of like, in order to be able to see things neutral, we have to, we have to stop and pause and really see dangerous. them. And, and that, it's, it feels dangerous to our ungrown right, up person. Right. But it's not dangerous. But it's in that danger that I talk about in Temptation Island, that's where the good shit is. Yeah. Because you're exactly right. What we've done is, what you've just said, is we are protecting ourselves from yeah. hurt by wading into the water and saying, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. As opposed to if we were bold and courageous because we're not afraid of pain because we've had it and we know what it is and it's self-inflicted most of the time and it's avoidable by just accepting what yeah. is because pain is also a relationship. It's yeah. just a sensation we say is a bad one. As opposed to just a sensation of life, mm-hmm. which is another level that I'm not at, totally. but I'd like to get to. But in that moment, you know, we don't have to tre- trepidatiously enter. Like, I know it's bad. Like, my wife said, what I loved about you is that I liked you immediately and just waited for you to turn into a jerk. Which apparently <laughs> happened 20 years yeah, after yeah, she yeah. committed. But the thing is, we're constantly about us it's all here it's all in our world and it gives no room for us to be about you so so in hosting i say this all the time the blue cards in a talk show you ask the question they answer you go to the next question i think that's bullshit because the good stuff happens is when i'm with you so i go into bonfire which is eight intense intimate interviews in one night right because it's not i'm talking to the four of you i'm talking to you I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm. And then we do it again. And the only way I know how to do that is to just listen and take any. I don't even think of things like, oh, you know what? When I see Aaron tonight, I want to say this. It's it's a trap. Right now is all that matters. And if I can just be with you and it has no meaning, then we can be. And that's what serious relationship is, is that I don't need you to make me feel safe. I'm safe. Yeah. I do that for me. Right. And that gives me room to take all of you, right. even the toxic mm. part, because I'm immune right. to toxicity. 
I right. feel it, but it doesn't kill me. Well, and also when you're saying like, yeah, you're, you're all in the moments, all that matters. It's also like, I just, okay, I have so many thoughts going through my head right now. But when you're talking I'm, about like. I'm having so much fun, <laughs> I can't even deal. And I can, and then my own self-doubt is how pompous are you at this point? How much pomp? have you thrown through this mic no 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 we're exploring i am just so honored and i just got tipped up again <laughs> and i'm having so much fun so all right go oh, ahead. okay so here's my thought god i'm embarrassed <laughs> here's my thought so so like being present in the moment that requires no fear of wasting your time right because mm. that is a con that's kind of a construct which we live in a society that which is, is all about it's a delusion entirely because you don't have time to waste. It's not yours anyway. No, exactly. And also it's this, we're in a society where we have to be productive with this idea of what is and what what is valuable and what's not valuable use of your time. If we could just sit with what is, like you said, even if we're in a date with an asshole, you can think this is a waste of my time or you can think, well, this is kind of a funny story yeah. that I'm going to tell my it's friends after. Your right? experience. It's, it's reframing. Like, well, even deeper than that. This is a waste of our time comes from there's a there's a destination you're trying to get to. Right. Right. Because right? you're not present. You're looking at what you want to come from right. the experience. Right. You're to the plan, the plan, the, the plan. end goal that the you're trying to get the perfect guy and you're that trying goes to, to weddings with me. Right. And you're trying to fit that date and this experience mm -hmm. and how you're spending your time to get to point B mm -hmm. instead a, of like maybe I need a release point B. So remember that I, when you said earlier there are villains who are authentically villains, but right. we still dig them. Right. I got lots of people in my life that are just like, <laughs> what the fuck? But I love them. <laughs> yeah. And then I have some people that are gent uh, barely, yes, barely idiosyncratically evil, but it triggers my things that well, I need. Well, we know that well. And then we? I can't be in the room with them at all. And it's not their fault. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, right? then that's the thing that's you got to remember it's not their is that it's fault. And it's I'm throwing shade fault. all over the place going, look, I'm a victim of you. Look what <sighs> yeah, you're doing to me. Yeah, yeah. When in fact. On my TV screen while I'm watching <laughs> you on reality right. TV. Other right. people are far more Ooh. toxic, but I can hang with them because they're not hitting me where I live. Yep. That's true. Right. And there's no way to predict that. Yeah. And the only way to do it is to laugh and slow your roll. Yeah. You know, wow. it's, yeah, and dig into what the fuck is wrong with you, right? And now, as you're saying all this, I'm just thinking of stuff in my own relationship where I'm like, I need you to do this. I need you to show up for me in this way because, like, when you say this thing or do that thing, it brings up all this past hurt. And it's that's like, that's okay to say. Well, it is, but yeah. but then when the expectation is shift this, shift that, shift that, so that you don't trigger that hurt mm. place, instead of getting down to the healing that yeah, I right. need to heal, right. instead of trying to make this other person do an obstacle course so they never hit the thing that hurts me. This goes back to the phrase boundaries and how mm. we misuse it, but you just crushed it because it, this is why bouncing off of people is so helpful because oh, it's helping me best. crystallize a lot of yeah. stuff uh, that I won't put into a TED talk because I don't take action. <laughs> and then both my followers will again be disappointed. <laughs> what crushes is, um, take me back to what you just said. So the boundaries thing, I was saying instead of making right, my boundaries, partner, boundaries. instead of making my partner do an obstacle course so they don't trigger the thing that the hurts. The difference is, and here's what you said that I think is powerful for me. I feel it's really important to say when I feel when this, when you say things like this, it triggers this part of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. But let me share with you why. Let me get vulnerable about yeah. my pain. Right. That I may never have verbalized. Yeah. And that letting your partner know. It's illogical that what you what you did wasn't what you did was you being you. 
I have a trigger there's no way you could know that has me react to that in a way that makes you, me feel like you have made me a victim. The truth is, all of that I said exists within me. And by mm -hmm. the way, if you cut me open, it's not there. It's all a made-up soap opera. I'm watching Guiding Light, yeah. and you're not in it, but I've made you a character. Yeah. You know, it's like Brooke Shields and Friends when she thinks Dr. <laughs> Drake Ramori is yeah. Dr. Drake Ramori. Like you're making them Dr. Drake Ramori all the time. And they're not even aware they've been cast in the movie. Mm -hmm. Right. And I do it all the time. We all do it. And the, what's elusive about it and difficult and why all poetry, music and prose is written about the difficulty of love is that no one knows where our triggers are. And there's no rhyme or reason to what triggered someone. We can't navigate that safely. There's not going to. Broads. There's not going to be a guy who inherently doesn't can walk the squid game of your triggers without dying. Or an influencer mm. or a podcast or right. anyone. You right? One person can show up for you You're perfectly. You're going to step yeah. in shit. Yeah. Now, where's, how do we navigate that? Maybe the answer is what my wife's taught me. Why don't I share with you why, I ha why I'm reacting to you? Not what you did to me, but why, what you might not know. You'll feel my shade and then you'll react to my shade yeah. and take that personally. And now we're spiraling down like yeah. every oh, couple. Boy. Yep. Right. And then we don't talk right. about it. And then it builds into these rock solid granite resentments that end up in divorce. Or, wow, when I was a kid, my dog died and it made me uncomfortable. And I processed the mean that if I do this or this happens, that means I can avoid that pain. So when you said that, that's what came up for me and it's not your fault. And I'm sorry I reacted. I want you to let you know that's what you're experiencing from me and it has nothing to do with you. Let's them off the hook. And more importantly, just by having said it, you've done the therapy work for yourself. Because you've and recognized. that goes back to, yeah. you know, that quit thing that I forgot. But get quiet and label how you're feeling. Not why you feel that way. Don't justify it. Don't blame others. Don't victimize it. But, and it's not even, I feel that when that happens, I feel uneasy. I feel angry. I feel uh, resentful. Now why? What am I actually... Check into the now, like I said. Which requires the pause. Yeah, right. it's like... The pause, right. Yeah. What am I feeling? Oh. Wow. Why am I feeling this? What, what in that made this happen? Now I realize it had nothing to do with you at all. How would you even know that this is a thing? Right. You biting an apple and slurping the apple makes me crazy. Why is that? It's not your apple eating. It's some other person that ate an apple like that that did something that I felt was wrong, even though I was a child and processing it all wrong. Now you're that person. You're the person from my childhood. But mm -hmm. I didn't even know that, and I'm blaming you for it. Now you have your own triggers, so you feel the blame, and you either shrivel or get defensive. Now yeah. we're in a fight. Or a, or a uh, uh, silent game. Right. Or we smile and don't acknowledge any of it. And we live uh, like the white farmhouse people that don't say anything. And then 30 years from now, one of you comes out as, you know, having, you know, some other alternate lifestyle yeah. and you want out. And yeah. the other person sucker punched because they had no idea. Well, the fact of the matter is that's bullshit. You had every idea. You were just so in your own ego to not be enough aware of other people. And your own discomfort, and you've had no conversation. Mm. So back to the need thing as opposed to the love and lust thing. 
in a relationship that's relatively healthy. And when I say healthy, I mean, it's, it's mutually unhealthy, but you're both aware of it. Sure. Right. That's really, yeah. that's really a better way of saying it. You're just mutually fucked up, <laughs> but we've agreed that we know this. Yeah. yeah. But that relationship allows a space for, if, I always say this as a joke, but my wife and I don't divorce because whether we love or like each other, we know that we can't live without each other. So fuck it. We can yell at each other and scream at each other because neither one of us is leaving. Because I'm not going to, I'll be dead in a week. I will be on the couch <laughs> with crumbs of Cheetos and just self-destruct, right? I need partnership for me to show up a lot of the times. And because we've created a relationship that's, I call it full contact marriage, like yell, scream, whatever in the moment, if we take it personally and we sulk and we do all the stuff, but not to the point of um, lasting resentment. And even when it is lasting resentment, we laugh and say, I've had this resentment for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Right. And so mm -hmm. then I bring up the other cliche, uh, cliche I use all the time, which makes me fall right into just like corny dad which is what's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> the second best time is today. I can't go back and plant it 20 years ago, but I can start a tree today and it won't be as tall as that one could have been, but could have been, should have been, would have been is again, not what is. Mm -hmm. And you're fucking yourself. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, why don't you answer some advice questions? Oh, okay. Thank you, Mark. I'm like, I, I'm no, like, thank you. No, guys. I'm, no, I'm like, you two are, and I'm, I'm literally in my brain. I'm truly spiraling right now in a positive way, just like kind of well, tapping did, into like this. Yeah. What's the first thing that comes out when you say that? Like, what's the first spiral you, that is in your face? Immediately, I think all of my, all of my years of jealousy mm. with my husband. Mm came from what I was would say a fear of him cheating on me seeing that with my family growing up and experiencing that as a kid but the truth of the matter is what I was most scared of and I would put it on him was I'm so scared of knowing myself and knowing if I cheated like I couldn't forgive myself because mm. of what I saw with my family and like what that did to like us as kids. And so it's like, I almost like project it on him. Like I know my partner's going to do it because I'm so scared that like, I won't love myself mm. if I do it. I love you so much for sharing that. I used to lay in bed and soothe myself to sleep as a child by imagining my parents divorcing or dying. Mm. Because when my dog died, it caught me so off guard and I was so crushed that I said, probably the best thing is to do is prepare for <laughs> And act out all of the bad things that could happen, mm -hmm. which later, by the way, turned into chronic anxiety, mm -hmm. which I thought was self-soothing. Mm -hmm. So what you've said that's helpful for me is that your fear of cheating is not your fear of him cheating. Mm -mm. It's placing others who've done things that your child was hurt by, not mm -hmm. your adult, but you as a child mm -hmm. was hurt by, and projecting them onto the screen that's him because all are the same. Mm -hmm. And you're living in that quadrant which is what hurt as a child which even then let's even talk about the pain of cheating anyone who's been cheated on feels the pain of you cheated on me, me. but what actually happened was they cheated for their own pain yeah. which is not as blatant as 
they're more desirable than me. I needed the sex to be better. I am in love and I'm not in love. It could be a million reasons to act out that way. It could be the same as, and, and not to diminish this, this terrible thing, but cutting self pain and things like that are just a manifestation of pain, cheating, behavior, hoarding, all of these things are behavior that the behavior isn't the thing. Mm-hmm. It's the pain that's unaddressed that finds a way out like a pimple. Right. right? And I know. And, and more importantly, it's not at you. You didn't cheat on right. you. Uh-huh. And I know that when I'm thinking about, oh, my then real like gut is I'm so scared that I couldn't then accept and love myself if I did that, knowing what I've experienced in the past. Sure. Is that I am so I'm very aware of the pain piece of it where I'm like, if I were to, I'm so aware that I'm like, if I were to cheat, I know it's because I do not value myself like I need to. And, and I, and I'm the insecurities. It's like, it feels very visceral for me. Right. So there's something about that and locking into that with a partner and projecting that because mm. it's like, there's this mirror of like, you have a family history of cheating you know that like if you were to do it, it's and it guess what? It's likely because you feel all these deep mm. feelings of unworthiness. By the way, the more that we feel them, the more we manifest that that is going to happen. Yep. We yep. create. That's what I'm saying. We have to make that bed for love to be healthy. That's what I say to the, the kids, my my family on the show. I say to them, look, I, I constantly saying in the middle of a sentence, tell me what you think it should look like. Because if we can vision board a healthy, not even healthy, but a fantastic fantasy like like Frozen fantasy, mm-hmm. like Disney fantasy of what love is, we've begun to we've begun to create what is actually possible. But if we don't have a definition of what love is, then we're going to create really dysfunctional love as it has been modeled to us. Questions? Yeah. No. Yeah. Also, just to add on to that before I ask these questions i was just thinking too of like about cheating so a segue (laughs) yeah yeah well just also thinking about like selfishness narcissism all Mm. those things are manifestations of like usually like a childhood deep unfulfilled need like someone not loving you the way you need to be loved i remember watching the season three who's the what's his name who is really the villain of kendall i was gonna bring him up kendall and i and i actually do remember watching and we'd be like oh this guy what a fucking you know this and that but then thinking like towards the end of it i was just like damn and you and you said it actually on the the season you said it and i was i had been feeling it and i was like damn yes it was like i I feel so bad like i went through the whole season going well it started with the first time he hooked up I got yelled at by the producers because I said, I want to go in and say, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. not what this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not bringing in a bevy of, of, you know, women for you to hook up with. Yeah. And, and by the way, let me be clear. There's no sex shame in right. promiscuity for me. I don't draw a line of when you have sex, what, how many dates or what it means. It's not intimate for some people. It's just whatever. You get yeah. to do it. I'm questioning what your motivation is. Right. And if you're right. just here to hook up, not on my dime, motherfucker. And they said, you need to back that down. Man. <laughs> let's not down. shut this down. Yeah, let's let this play out a little yeah. for reality TV. And I'm like, okay, but I just need to But that's know. how I feel, yeah. But that was my ego. Like, your behavior is all about me right now. Mm-hmm. All right? And you're not going to do that to me. All right? So I see that right now. As I'm sitting in the reunion, 
And I have, you know, this is also unhealthy, but I don't, it's really hard for me to let go of any of these conversations. Like sure. I don't do a bonfire sure. and then I go home. Whew, that was cool. I mean, that's, I then, that's human. I'm just a wreck for the whole yeah. next day until I can process it. But I'm watching and I'm watching everybody talk to him and his behavior is stoic. He just doesn't back down. He's doubling down and doubling down and there's no emotion. I have worked so hard to try to get to the underbelly that's not there. And in that moment, I say, you know what? I failed you. All this time I'm looking at you and watching the pain you're causing. And I never once asked you what, what pain, pain are you you're going coming through, yeah. from. Mm. And I'm sorry. And I wanted, I just want to cop to, I was irresponsible in this. I was too much about judging and I didn't, I didn't say all this, Yeah, but I'm like, so I know that you're being able to compartmentalize this or being unable to show emotion or, Connect with someone in front of you. in a way that feels like a connection has to come from something. And I asked him, basically, who hurt you? And he got silent and choked. Yeah. And then I kind of was upset I didn't do that on the first time I met him. Yeah. Because loving people, this is detached loving, loving them without judgment gives a space for them to be their version of broken without feeling like I can't show you this. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to steal myself against the world. Well, and also keeps you from being so emotionally wound up in whatever shit they're going through. Like you were saying, right? It's like being emotionally controlled by their behavior. Oh, well, I can't believe, you know. And, and justifying. Right, right. right. And in the way that you react to them too. Well, it's, it's just, a, the, you know, you mm. give me these lines about the seasons, my season of this and season. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, did you have no remorse? Did you have no feeling? Or at any time was Erica in your thoughts? But that's, again, judging as opposed yeah. to going, let's talk about you and see what's, what your little boy is crying out for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a better way to go about it. Yeah. I Love it. Love it. And oh. I like what you said, too, about justifying your reaction, because just being someone, people who have in the past done a lot of Bachelor recaps and really harped on people thinking of like justifying well look what this person did on the screen so i am going to talk two and a half hours of shit on them right because they they, that's justified right and by the way what's the trap of justification is when you when we choose to do that and it's justified there are plenty of people that will back you up on that yeah and then you're like see and this all comes from this place of being kids too and this idea of punishment right like and that we play throughout the rest of our lives we punish people if they don't do what we want them to do behave the way we want them to behave we revoke this kind of love or affection we take away these opportunities because they're not doing what we want them to do and a lot of us grew up with that and we play it out in our relationships to strangers and intimate relationships and everyone we throw our pain all over everybody else so that nobody sees it and what i always tell the girls on the show is the thing that you think you're hiding from your people, the the secret yeah. that you don't want anybody to know. Yeah. We all see. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. So might as well, might as well get it <laughs> out there, well right? Okay. All right. I'm going to turn the air on. Okay. Now. Okay. There's some good questions. Just so you know, <laughs> as a perfect example of the opposite of everything we're talking about, how many different outfits did I try on before I came here? <laughs> I feel like you have no idea how much power I gave away. I see the blue and the black with the I blue know. and the black. And then the shoes are looking so nice. Four. I had the orange and the pink with the salmon, but then I felt like, but that's, salmon's not really my color. And <laughs> am I trying to like 
show them I'm a sneakerhead because that's cool. Like, what is that? And you look fantastic. I did notice sneakers immediately. <laughs> okay, this is, I, I will already identify with these questions. A lot of the issues are, is that we look at cheating as a monolith. First of all, let's look at the word. Yeah. It's already a bad or a good. Mm. It's just an is. It's an is. And it really is not anything to do with the other person. I mean, us. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's, they did what they did, and it is only what it is. And now we get to choose to label it cheating. But actually what it is, is if you were to label it with the words that it really is, is that you did this physical act with them. Or maybe not physical. Or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. had mm -hmm. this interaction with them. That's what happened. Right? But we like to call it cheating. And I don't like it. Cheating means there was a game and there were rules and you broke them. Right. Yes. There's not a game. It's real. Okay. And, and, and you didn't do it. And that's what most of these, I mean, I'm going to say that's what most of these questions come down to. Does being intoxicated make a difference when someone cheats? You know, is cheating ever justifiable? Is there such a thing as financial cheating? Is it cheating if you, someone's texting and flirting with other people if you haven't discussed boundaries? Let, you know, let like. Me, let me answer 12 of these with one thing. Yeah. First of all, I, I hate the word cheating because I hate any words that make it bad or good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But let's use it as the vernacular. Stepping out of your relationship, cheating is anything that you do in secret that you know would hurt the person you love. Ah, now that, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I got chills. <laughs> right? Let's yeah. get simple. Yeah. So if you're gambling and not telling them, you're doing behavior that you know you're doing secretly that would hurt them if they knew. And the lie of, well, I know what this is, and it's just easier. I'm protecting them by not letting them know my behavior. Happens on those micro level. We do it all the time. Just little things yes. like, you know, don't, don't tell Robbie I gossiped. Right, right, right. Right. It's all good. But she yeah. gets pissed about it. I don't want her to hurt. So, you know, I know what it means, but better I don't tell her. Mm. So anything we do that if they saw it would make them feel bad mm. is some version of not being cool. Yes. I, right? Although there are times where that's mutually agreed upon to do something, which, but then that's not a secret because you've already agreed that that person a, can do it even if they don't know exactly what it is that you're right. doing. Right? You've had that conversation right. already. Look, it really comes down to, I'm going to make choices and you're going to make choices. Some of these choices are empowering. Some of them are disempowering. Some of them are born out of an authentic, joyful, healthy selflessness expression some of them are driven straight from the pain we talked about all the little things that we've yet to uncover that we harbor in our body that makes us react to everybody else right but all of those are choices that we made either the choice being made for us by that pain body child or mm -hmm. we've consciously made them right we're not doing it at you you didn't make it happen although Many people who do these things will blame the other person. Well, I had no choice. She's been withholding love. Right. Okay. Well, you did have a choice. You could have communicated the, that love is being withheld from you and it makes you feel things that make you want to have behavior that would hurt you. Mm -hmm. And then if you're at an impasse, then also not having any meaning is we're not best for each other. Yeah. And also doing that evaluation like we've talked about, 
could there be a reason why my partner is withholding love from me? You know, like, is there some way I'm not meeting the, the maybe the needs that they might have? Maybe I should start there. It's so difficult because uh, my wife and I go through this all the time. I got a lot of issues when it comes to intimacy. Uh-huh. And they come from when I was really young and adorable. There were a lot of older girls that were kind of wooing me and I wasn't mature enough to understand it. Mm-hmm. And yet, it, I never called it anything like abuse. But now, as an adult, I can look back and say, if I wasn't mature and ready for it, when we're with someone that we love and we love ourselves and we want it to be healthy, we have to do the awkward and we have to say the things we feel, mm-hmm. even if we're not sure what they are yeah. or why they are, you know? And what's really difficult is if in a healthy relationship, you were to say to me, why are you withholding sex from me? Right. Immediately, I would need to defend and react because that would mean I'm less of a man. Right. Somehow. Yes. So now, it's not your responsibility to couch things in a way that I can hear them. Right? But that's what's difficult. Right. Is that when you speak your truth it's very difficult for the other person not to react to that. Truth. Well, and also that's not necessarily like you just, I think there's oftentimes we say things that aren't actually rooted in fact, they're rooted in your like assumption, right? Because saying, cause saying mm-hmm. like you're withholding sex. Well, you're perceiving that that person is withholding right. sex. What's actually happening is we've had sex in these times and not had them in these times. Right. Withholding is a projection. Right. Yes. That's me only being able to, the person saying that is because it's so much easier to verbalize things as the victim of it wasn't my fault. You know, this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. It's such an easy and specifically human thing and not animals. Animals don't do this, that we must have a reason for it. And we must it's it's narcissism. We must have caused it because we run everything. Right. <laughs> Because what happens in the narcissist's mind, this is unscientific and unread caveat, <laughs> scientists and, and those of you who've worked to know this stuff, please correct me. This is just what I've, I'm discovering. I feel like the narcissist in me, that's a better way to say it. Well, and also narcissism, that's when we're talking positive, negative, good, bad, you know, like it narcissist is. bad, it narcissist is. is. Yeah. None of us are good. Right. Yeah. You know, there's no good or bad. We're all just these Existing, flawed human yeah. things yeah. trying to survive. But for me, narcissism is when my role in the big picture of the universe is distorted. So in other words, in the big picture of the universe, I'm a speck on top of a speck on top of a speck. My time on this planet and everything that I think that I'm contributed or haven't or my tombstone or whatever is not even part of history, not even a nanosecond of history. It is has no impact. But in my narcissist mind, at the small level, I have some control over that. And at the larger level, as you start to go further into narcissism, I control everything. And therefore, everything has to... So if Jess doesn't text me back in three hours, it's a little bit of narcissism, right? Where I go, I must have done something to piss her off, Right. Because or, this, this assumption that I, that the I, that I saw her, immediately. Out of all of the things she's doing in her day mm-hmm. and thinking about and executing, 
I must be the reason why she didn't text me back in three hours. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, well, maybe I don't have that much power over everything. I mean, it could be true, well, but, but that, it that's definitely was. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. And this is a perfect good bad conversation because the correction for me in narcissism, what I say to myself is, you don't control anything. Which, by the way, could be a negative way of looking at things. True, true. You control. Sure. You're, you're, you're powerful. Right. No, fuck that. I'm not asking no, for right, you to quantify right, it. Right. I'm yeah. saying it's a relief for me to know that, who are you kidding? You're not controlling anything. It's not your job. And I get what you're saying, because even if I pissed her off, that actually phrase isn't even right, because I did something, and Jess's reaction was that right. she didn't like it, right? I didn't off. even have control of her response. Right. The phrase... I was just living and she was... I pissed, pissed. her off yeah. is a non-thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't exist. Where right. do you see pissed? Yeah. There's your behavior and your behavior. And Yeah. And then you verbalize this, she's pissed off, or right. she did this to me. And pissed when in me fact, off, yeah. all you did was eat your salad and not text. Uh-huh. And all you did was text and that's it. Yeah. But what happened was, it wasn't I texted, it was I texted and she didn't respond because she doesn't love me. And uh, I received a text and I ate a salad, but what it really means is she's wanting too much for me and I don't, I don't you know, she's, she's too needy. Yeah. None of those are real. You ate a salad and you texted, that's what's real. <laughs> yeah. And that's impossible for us to get our heads yeah, around. Yeah, no, it's really hard. Um, okay, question then follow up for when you were saying that your definition I'll, I'll of take the cheating. Question. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> your, your, your definition of cheating was loosely if you're doing something in secret knowing that might hurt the other person. Now, here is the whole hard thing about cheating. How then do you move about the world if you don't know everything that might make the other person upset? And this is something I talked about on my Instagram a few months ago because someone was saying my husband was in a, a sex chat room, you know, is this cheating? And someone was like, um, yeah, girl, you know, whatever. And then I was saying, well, some of the hard thing is you don't know what might hurt the other person. And sometimes you make assumptions based on what would or hurt, wouldn't hurt you. My partner was anonymously interacting sexually with someone anonymously online. That wouldn't hurt me. Therefore, I assume that that wouldn't hurt him. And so sometimes there's a big disconnect in that. So how do we move about the world when maybe we maybe I genuinely am doing something. I don't think to tell my partner because I don't think it's going to hurt him. And then he finds out and it's like, you betrayed me. And then, you know, like there, okay. there's, there's that too. I don't know the answer, but let's figure it out together. Yeah. Cause, cause there's a lot of, I mean, obviously there's someone having sex with someone and then there's someone texting someone. Now we're getting back to, you know, to the rules conversation. Exactly. So there was a time in my life when we were younger, when, uh, if a dude was having a bachelor party and it would end, end up at the strip club that I had gone. I don't go there anymore for a lot of reasons, none of which have to do with my wife. Yeah. But first of all, I think we're being a little obtuse when someone says, I wouldn't even know that hurt us. While I am not a proponent of us putting too much into the vibe, yeah. we do know to some degree mm. when we're being sketchy. But the level that we know we're being sketchy and we admit to being sketchy, there's a big gap. Some of us is here, some of us is here, but we all have it. Okay. I said I wasn't going to have uh, any, um, you know, any bread 
because we said we're going to do this. And I had a crust of bread, a bite of bread, but I mean, come on, it's not a full piece. So, but that's sketchy. Yeah. And I know it's sketchy. Yeah. Right. So in the case of what you're saying, truly that I did behavior and had no earthly intention of hurting. It wasn't a secret. Well, sometimes they're not even a thought, right? Like okay. it's like sometimes it's truly even, that. Yeah. Then guess what? You get to apologize for it. Yeah. And then you don't have to be responsible for how it's received. Yeah. Except to authentically reassure, here's where I was at. I understand now what that is for you. And I can vow to have different behavior yeah. out of my love for you. But what I really would probably say is, you know, don't hustle a hustler sure. yourself. Sure. You know when you're being sketchy. Sure. And you're drawing a line to how far sketchy can I be? And, and I say this on the show. It's like your mom said, don't leave the couch until I come home. So you take the pillow of the couch and hold it right. to your butt and go in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. I didn't leave the couch. Right. And they, the dudes on the show do that shit to me all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, well, I didn't kiss her. Right. Well, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 Come dog. You know exactly what's up. So then where does this fall in terms of of the whole rule conversation too. So what if, you know, you know, the, the, what if you're with a person, you know, and I, I don't, let's say, I, let's say Jess and I are together. I don't care if Jess um, goes out and flirts someone, maybe like brushes their arm, whatever. But Jess cares if I go out, a guy buys me a drink, we have a chat for five minutes. Like, how do you bridge this gap sometimes where there is a disagreement and a person does want to impose a rule upon you that you're like, no, well, fuck that. I want to well, be able to chat it up with someone who buys a drink for well, me. Well, let's you start know? by it's changing like, the language a little bit. Sure. Rather than imposing or being imposed upon, yeah. let's call healthy communication. Yeah. Something we never put on our plate as a possible resolution. <laughs> right. Right? We love to shade and be shaded. Right. But we don't particularly like to communicate honestly. So, in that example you gave, she does something that she didn't think would trigger you, and it triggered you. Or, Yeah. You're allowed to say that behavior made me feel when I observed that behavior, here's what I felt. Yeah. Didn't make me feel. Right. Here's what I felt. Yeah. You could say I was unaware. Yeah. And here's what I felt. And then you can decide how important it is to you. If it's important to you, then you may make the choice to say thank you for communicating i'm sensitive to how that made you feel and i want yeah. to communicate to you what my intention was yeah. in it and it's important to me yeah. and i'll do everything i can to let you know that i love you and you're supported and you're safe this is an important part of my life but more realistically i was unaware yeah. of that effect it has on you for whatever reason yeah and i'm not asking you to fix it but i'm willing to not have it to have you yeah well, where do you go? Where do you go? I'm playing devil's advocate now. Where do you go in that conversation to you're like in your head? You're thinking that's fucking unreasonable. And I want to do that. And I don't really care. They shouldn't be pissed off by this. So I want to do it anyway. Right. So yeah. that's the line you have to draw. And this is why relationships are messy. <laughs> relationships are hard, <laughs> by the way. But not hard. They're impossible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless you allow your relationship to be messy as fuck. Yeah. And imperfect. Which it is anyway. It's not. It's that, Who are you back kidding? to the narcissist. Right, right. Yeah. Like I'm going to allow it. Right. The better word to say is you recognize and accept that we're going to fuck it up daily. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what it is. It's not fucked up. Mm 
Yeah. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's that we have a connection that anything you do, I feel, and anything I do, you feel, and that's, yeah. what, that's what love is. And some of it, and the feelings are unreal, and some of them are ones we like, like being tickled. But, you know, laughter and throwing up are almost the same body move, but one we fucking hate and one we fucking love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless we're being tickled, and then the laughter hurts. Right? So yeah. it's relationship. Relationship to the thing, not relationship to one another. So the only way to navigate it is to have space, which is communicate. This was a good talk, you guys. It doesn't have to be resolved because there's no there to get to. But honest, authentic communication gives insight and understanding. And then we have to take our ego out of it to really understand it and accept something that isn't acceptable to us. What what works for her doesn't work for you. Your boundary, back to that, is you get to say why, what from the past brought it up, and maybe there's a point where you're going to do what Robbie and I talk about is that um, our lives are like a ball with spikes all over them, which ironically looks like COVID. Um, <laughs> and my job is, for me, is to try to file off the spikes so I just become a ball that nothing catches on. It doesn't mm -hmm. tear your sweater, mm -hmm. right? So the only way to do that is to say, I feel this way when this happens, not you made me feel this way. Yeah. And then the other half of that has to make a decision. You know, also communicate and then gets to make the decision of what's important. Right. Mm -hmm. If that behavior is so important to me, I'm going to have a boundary of, I'm sorry, this is me. Mm -hmm. And the risk is it may not work for the other person. And that mm -hmm. may be the end. But more often than not, if the love is true and the authenticity and the willingness to, like for Robbie and I, we're not perfect with one another, but we're not going to fucking leave. That's yeah. not the option. So then my only option is to be in a constant conversation of a, not compromise, but acceptance of and letting go of things I thought I wanted that aren't working for what I really want, which is peace and joy. Right. So this mm -hmm. thing that I did that hurt you, that I was unaware and I wasn't trying to hurt you, but you took it that way that you've now communicated to me. I now have to make a choice of how important it is to me in the big picture of the things that are important to me. Yeah. What's most important to me is effortlessness, joy, health, love. Those things are cool. And if that's making a wrinkle in that fabric, I got to say, what am I fighting for? Like the strip club is a perfect example. Yeah. I like going to, not me, but someone say, I like going to the strip club. I'm just going and it's, we're having beers and ah, okay. Certainly dudes are visual a lot. It's not emotional. I get to make a choice. Is that environment one that makes the person I care most about comfortable or uncomfortable? And how important is it to me in my overall happiness and love? Mm -hmm. And the fact is for me, it's just not that deep. You know, I, I, it's like what I was saying, when you get clear on your intention, the plan shows itself. You make choices that are in line with the intention. Which is, I want a happy... I had recently had a lot of drama in my life. I'm really close to my kids. We had a falling out that I'm not going to get into because some things get to be private. Mm -hmm. But at some point, I said, I don't see an end here, all of us personalities, that works for me. So let me declare my intention. Here's my intention. My intention is sometime in my future and in life that on holidays I sit 
in a chair, uh, in my pajamas, watching my son and his wife and kids, and watching my, which they don't have, and my daughter and her husband and their kids, all fictitious so far, <laughs> and my wife and our pets, all enjoying the hubbub and craziness of a holiday and presents and food and all of that, and I'm just sitting back and loving that. That's my intention. So anything that's not in line with that intention has to go away. Grudge can't be there. Everybody's cool, but that one, casting that intention, like who plays those roles, it's not up to me. That's my intention. Guess what happened New Year's Eve? I went camping with my daughter and her boyfriend, my son and his fiance, and my wife, in the rain in Big Sur, freezing cold. This is miserable. And it was my intention. Exactly actualized. All of us sitting around a campfire. Everybody's loving one another. There's no agenda other than that. There's no drama other than that. And I'm sitting back sipping a, a bourbon and smoking a cigar and going, that's what I intended and here mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. Which meant, back to the strip club, not strip club, I had to let go of my justifiable hurt and resentment towards A, B, C, D, or E. Justifiable and supported by everybody around me. Mm -hmm. I'm right. You're wrong. Sure. <laughs> but in the big picture of this conversation, I get to choose. Do I want to hold on to the rightness or do I want what I said I wanted? Happiness. Yeah. I let go of the rightness. Yeah. I love uh, when you use the term just unresolved, like movement in a relationship. Like just the idea mm. that you're not... Where's the destination where there we're going? One. We're not mm. going. We don't have. We don't have a destination tomorrow. So sometimes just the idea of working through things and not the rush of like we got to solve it now, just to move through that organically feels like very freeing. On top of that is when things are rough, financially, health wise, yeah. life is messy. Yeah. That shows up for me in having to remind myself that it's all temporary and I don't own any of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's temporary. This, this, what I'm, what my reaction to it is, is uncomfortable. Can be comfortable if I accept it. And it's also temporary. And I can guarantee you that my comfort is going to be discomfort later. And my discomfort is going to be comfort later. And I'm constantly telling people, whether they believe in God or not, but just use God as a term. You're suffering right now. If God or somebody came down, God or Morgan Freeman came down to you and said, six months from now, on June 13, 2022, that thing you're worried about today will have resolved itself. I, I know the future because I write it, and I'm telling you now, it's handled. How would you be right now? You'd be different. Okay, let's not make it airy-fairy, let's go scientific. Now go back in your life to every moment you thought the world was going to end mm -hmm. in your life and how you felt and what actually happened. Let's do data. What happened was it passed and you're still here. So I'm not giving you airy-fairy. I'm giving you science and history. Yeah. Historically and supported by science and data, every time when you thought the world was going to end, it didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So chill the fuck out. <laughs> totally sit with uncomfortable for a minute mm -hmm. okay it's just a sensation totally and sometimes you just gotta let shit go without resentment right and just choose Which to is my life's battle <gasps> because who am i if i'm not right right oh mm -hmm. yeah i mean <laughs> who, who am i more importantly if you're not wrong right it's like it's either one or the other right it's like either i'm uh 
I'm right or I'm hurt and you need to fix it, right? There's like always those two Look things. Look what you did to me. It's yeah. not my fault. I'm the child. Which is goes back to, this, this helps me understand it. When you're a kid, I think about all the things I tried to figure out that I can remember when I was like seven, eight years old, like how things work, like babies and all that, and what logic I created with the parts I had, you know, and I get graphic about it, like the first time I realized how like sex works. Do you know how long I looked at myself saying, where does it come out? Because that's pee. Yeah. <laughs> does a pore open up? Does the head go like this and then, right? I share this, which is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> to say that as kids, we're constantly trying to piece it together, but we don't have nearly enough information. Mm -hmm. So the modern parent likes to sit the kid down and explain everything and give them a choice. And, that. and the old parent say, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I said so. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I happen to believe that that's a good answer. And I'll <laughs> tell you why. You do your own parenting the way you want. I fucked up my own kids. You get to fuck up yours. <laughs> yeah. What a kid knows, when a kid's acting out, they're looking for, like, like a person, where's the wall? How far can yes, I go? The security. Because the wall, like my crated dog, right, makes me feel safe. And what I do know is that mm -hmm. I don't know enough to understand. And what I need to be told, <laughs> I'm arguing, I read this from someone else, it's not mine. True. I need to be told by someone that I trust, you don't have, it's not on your plate. You don't have to make this decision. I know what you don't know, and I'm gonna handle it until you're old enough to know. So when I tell you don't do that because I said so, actually, that isn't negative that gives you the peace of mind of oh so you're telling me i don't have to worry about it you got me you got me mom Whew, that's why i'm fucking screaming at you so that you impose this on me so i feel safe swaddle me yeah mm. that doesn't end when we're adults but that's really insightful for us as adults to look at that that's how we formulated everything we think is logic that's fucking us up now is <laughs> because we didn't have enough information and we made those choices at six and we're holding them as true at 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And having you someone understand? just. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It does. It, we're, we're doomed to failure because we've been trying to figure it out as children our whole life. And we don't have enough information. And what's really paradoxical is there's nothing to figure out. There's no one's conspiring against us. And there's no prize. There's no game to win. There's no finish line. And with that, folks, that's uh, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg in the flesh. Wow. Mark. I mean. <laughs> I'm going to go, just so you know, I'm going to go home now, now that my ego's feeling really awesome, I'm going to get in the car and go, oh my God, all the things I said. I said nothing <laughs> about the penis. I said <laughs> about my intimacy issues. I said, oh God. That's our most you're being favorite authentic, thing, You're right? being authentic. I? Yes. Yes. Love it. I love you guys. Mark. Love it. Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of the wisdom and conversation oh, and for uh officially adopting me once we wrap this done um and i'm claiming you're dependent <laughs> on my taxes right now thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> so where can the people find you um so i guess um yeah instagram is mark Wahlberg no h mm -hmm. absolutely By no way, h my instagram consists of people like you sending me messages that are beautiful and lovely and I love it or showing me pictures of them eating a hamburger at a Wahlburgers. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's not me. All day, every day. <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, 
My favorite thing ever was when you said when we were like, "Why? Why wouldn't he change his name?" And you're like, "I came first. Why would I change yeah, oh, my gee, name?" Let's talk about ego. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I first started in my career in the '80s, which could have been the 1880s at this point, it doesn't fucking matter. I said, "Wahlberg's a terrible last name. Maybe I should change it." But my ego and being bullied and all the stuff I shared earlier that I wish you'd edit out, <laughs> I wanted to make sure the people in high school knew I made it. So I said, I'm keeping my name only to find... So they know. Right. So the, the universe, which is comical, has now made me remotely successful, only as successful as I've allowed myself to be because I hold myself in low self-esteem. But in the process, has a more successful person with my name... <laughs> And another person doing a dating show that's bigger than mine that looks like me. <laughs> so I have just low self-esteem myself into anonymity that I'm trying to overcome. You can call me whatever you want. So Mark Wahlberg on, on Instagram, Mark L. Wahlberg on Twitter, no H in Wahlberg. And I'm going to attempt to do a podcast in the near future. Yes. I'm praying to God you guys will be one of my first guests. Totally. Oh, would love you know. to. And we'll you make sure it. broads that we'll let you know. We'll post about it if you start, when you start this podcast. Yeah. Let me say that. <laughs> um, and then also Temptation Island. Okay. Can we watch it on, on Hulu oh, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, I guess. No, not on Hulu. I think, um, can we? Can you? I think net, uh, uh, Peacock. Peacock? Okay. I you think, can on Hulu if you have like a certain add on, I think. For real? Some shit like that. I'm supposed yeah. to know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seasons one, two, and three are out there in, in the. World. Ooh, and they're good. And but season four is coming. Yes. Season three, I was just season saying to Gray last night. Fire. Oh my god. So Best one emotional. Yet? So emotional. And it's the boys. Oh, can't wait. I oh. I'm like, if reality tears are currency, boy tears are are three times the value. Oh, definitely. Right? Yes, definitely. Yes, give us the Maybe tears. five, you know? Yeah. <laughs> definitely. No, season three oh. is so good. I was just telling Gray last night that the story of, what are the two hot ones from that season? <laughs> what are their names? They got engaged? Yeah. Yeah. Who I just got invited to their wedding and you they did? asked me to officiate. Oh, that is so lovely. You yeah. should. Because I love them. Yeah. What are their names? Uh, Kristen and Julian. Oh my God. That, what, a, what a story. Their story was so good. I was like, oh. how many of you like me thought Julian was going to be a full on dick when you first met him? Immediately. Yeah. It's only because he's I mean, in good shape and yeah. that makes me feel less than I know. Yeah, and he's then, hot. And, and then like, you watch him through the season. You're like, this is the only guy who's got his head screwed on straight. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're both shoot. awesome. Guess what? What? Talk about plans and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The ADT. Uh. Uh, security person that I promised my wife I would meet with is at my house right now. Oh, oh no. We're working you out. Okay, we're working you Thank you so much, We Mark. love you. And broads, we will chat soon. Chat soon. <laughs> yeah, broads. <laughs> <laughs>